Welcome to the Ether. Today is Monday, September 12th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part one of a two part CFI space discussing Lunk, Luna, Juno, and Adam, and a lot more. Like, not tokens, but like other stuff. Let's take a listen. Hey, Mina, sorry. Yeah, what's up? Having fun because yeah, we liberated. You joined the party. We liberated our plane, yeah. our coach, Bruce. And now the pump can resume, and now we can go back and kick. Uh, what's the name of that mother? Uh, sorry, I, I cannot say any bad words because then you get kicked out of this platform. <laughs> what's the name of that we're giant gonna, bird? We're gonna have to walk on eggshells now. No talking about uh, like fucking each other. No like no disparaging comments against like Mexicans like yourself or like whatever. Right. <laughs> like, right. Right. We we have to mm. calm ourselves and just have a party uh we have terror space in the house and he's gonna be a dj <laughs> is bruce awake right now or no? i don't know like uh i haven't got any answer from him i think he's still on the phone with twitter you know like uh well ivana came so i don't know she she usually keeps track of where she where he is all right um by the way who, uh like this guy you uh had connect with me deedle what does he do who the, uh, Deedle, you it's the guy you were talking to. He's like a Twitter handle is Deedle, D-E-E-D-L-E. Fuck. Um, give me a second, let me find it. You were chatting with him and then what? said he might want to jump into one of our spaces at some point. Uh, oh, the, Thomas. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Thomas. So he runs an um, influencer marketing agency on Web3. And yeah, so the dude is pretty brilliant, and he. What's an what's an influencer marketing? So agency? you know, if let's say that uh, Grover, who has some project he wants to reach or tap into certain audience, so he will just contact this guy, and he, this guy has like a list of uh, really good guys who don't uh, just chill, but actually write uh, you know threads and content and research. And it will be researching his project and then uh, just post about it. I'm not really sure. Like, so what, so what you're telling me, you're telling me there's like work involved? No, you just have to be on the spaces and do what you do. Oh, okay. All right. Cause, uh, yeah, because they, they wanted to have like somebody who is very good at, you know, doing interviews and talking in spaces and kind of like the stuff you do. Uh, yeah, no worries, Midas. I can uh, I can look after that. Thanks, uh, thanks for the offer. Um, I'm very happy to host a space anytime, and we can talk about all the relevant things um, that we always talk about. Uh, by the way, hello everyone. Uh, glad to be here. Very happy to see that free speech and sense of humor and common sense has has won the day, and that Twitter has recognized that their bot was clearly uh, in the wrong. 
and uh, they corrected him and uh, corrected it and brought back the uh, the chief himself. So uh, happy day. Yeah, um, I, I'm trying to figure out like which of our um, like uh, colleagues was able to get him free. <laughs> we don't know. We, we don't really know, I guess, huh? Yeah. Um, I, one of the say engineers used to work for Twitter, so I said, "Yo, you got any boys?" And he said he had a boy. So I said, message your boy and tell him Asparagoid needs freeing, but obviously like in a more eloquent way in a couple of paragraphs. Um, don't know if that was it. Probably not. Probably not him. But someone, someone's clearly got through. So uh, the network is clearly, the Lunkdown network is clearly very strong, which is great. Well, Addie was uh, making her trip to uh, World Trade Center 2 or where the fuck Twitter is this morning, right? Because she works in like Trade Center 4 or something. <laughs> So maybe uh, maybe that uh, meeting with the the front desk secretary and then getting with the the team there solved the problem. Maybe, huh? That's what we'll have to tell. Uh, yeah, there's there's got to be some sort of story to this, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, we all know what Addie's like. Um, you know, maybe she was down there in World Trade Center four, and she saw the guy like he was like talking and realized he had a little Twitter name badge on. And thought, you know, if I pull the right strings here, then I can get Asparagoid back online. I mean, I'm just making assumptions here, but, you know, I'd assume that she probably slept with him um, in order to get Asparagoid back, back online. But I would never make that kind of assumption. Well, I mean, she went with her glasses. So like she said, you know, like they, they thought she was a porn star, but she decided to take her glasses off, put on some contacts, right, to make it look a little bit more maybe professional or something. Anyway, uh, so she goes up there and uh, remember we, she had contacts with the front lady, some people that work in the back office. Cause uh, our friend Robin yesterday had like a whole, like, you know, he could find all of the email accounts of everybody that works over there. Cause he has some sort of service Remember, So he, she got that info and um, she has a world trade center card already, the security card. So she could just go right up. She didn't have to wait for like security and shit. Cause she works for a, a fashion company over there anyway so uh yeah maybe that uh that little meeting this morning i told her to take like maybe like four things of like you know mocha lattes or some shit from starbucks in a little like four spot container right and take it up there and like have a good day with them so maybe that's what it worked i don't know we'll see so you know what's fucked up that we have to refer to this kind of shit in order to get uh asparagus free right so if you if you don't imagine if you don't have any kind of support network and you're just like a lonely anon in the world, and then you get your account blocked, man, you're pretty much fucked up, right? Like, well, that's uh, why when, when people ask me questions like, hey, like, let's say there's an apocalypse. Let's say maybe a zombie apocalypse or like maybe like an EMP or like, uh, I don't know, like a big solar flare, right? Like, and the, whole, the world goes to shit. So I, I've just like, that's what I keep saying. Like, it's not about like, uh, owning a bunch of bullets or like owning like Bitcoin or some like salt or some shit. Right. Like the most important thing you want to be is the cult leader at that point, <laughs> because then you can get like a, a, a network of people to kind of like come together and, you know, figure shit out. Right. Cause if you think about it, like the people that always win in those movies are the ones that have a big old team and they can survive. Right. It's like the power of the community is like more than just like the power of like bullets or uh, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> you know, so that's that's the key, I think, um, is uh, make sure that you are um, a credible cult leader or something. 
and uh, you know, like join join forces and like build like a set of walls, maybe some uh, like catapults, things like that, and then you know you'll be good to go. So yeah, uh, Grover, uh, uh, I, I hear you're starting a cult. Uh, it's called uh, Vortex Protocol. Like, like, are we supposed to be joining that anytime soon? Uh, well, thank you for inviting me to uh, to sell my product. Um, I think. Yeah, but by all means, you know, Vortex is still testnet. Like, you know, things are they're we're, we're, they're working through a few few things on the actual blockchain itself. Like, you know, take, we need to get our node back up again, and so you know, um, it's it's um, give it a, give it a couple of months. We'll make a lot more noise on social media when the time is right in order to get people looking at it. But you know, we're um, the basic stuff's all kind of working, like trades, basic trades and swaps are uh, are all functioning. So um give it uh give it a few weeks and i will be running uh a full-fledged perps exchange hey, when's, the, when's, the, when's our first opportunity to get like the say network coin like on mainnet like just to simply just oh, go yeah. and buy it uh so the, i mean the best thing you can do is there are like testnet missions so if you go on the incentivized testnet and uh find your way to the say network twitter page um and they've got like the missions you need to carry out in order to get points um, and you get it's like one percent of the total token supply is going towards this airdrop, which is pretty chunky for an L one. That's that's quite a lot. Um, and the other thing you can do, there will be a public sale at some point, uh, like a coin list type thing, some sometime in the next few months. Uh, again, that'll be well signposted for everyone, I'm sure. And uh, that's the second time you can get your hands on things on uh, on say network tokens. Um, just one thing though, for the airdrop, because of the world we live in, and because of Gary Gensler, um, you, if you're a U.S. citizen, uh, well, there's a KYC just like for all North Koreans, Iranians. And well, you can you can tell us how to fake it though, right? I I can't do that, but I don't know where everyone lives, so you know. You just tell me where you live, you know. I I don't know anything. If you tell me something different, to I mean, it sounds like you're Canadian. Are you Canadian? Yeah, I'm Canadian, so it's probably okay, right? Yeah, exactly. That'll be fine then. I can get your Mexican passports. <laughs> yeah, Midas, you'll be fine. Out at your, Midas, I can come hang out at your place and maybe like push buttons on your computer, make it like, and join up with this thing. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I I can make you like thousands of passports so don't worry man yeah i work i work to, in the passport office so. i've never uh, i've never been to mexico but it sounds like you have the connection so maybe you should come man it's quite interesting very nice um yeah so where did uh so where's bruce hiding anyway is he like having some sort of drink somewhere like what the hell is he doing He's just washing up. He's just in the other room. Um, he's just cleaning up. Oh, very nice. Um, yeah. So, any what other what other news is going on today? Uh, what else? What day is it? <laughs> what day is hey, it? Did, did the secret network get restarted again? There, it, like, there was a chain halt. Like, oh a shit! Number of hour, a number of hours ago. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't checked. Does anyone know? Yeah, there was some deterministic fault, and uh, I don't know if it's restarted again yet, but hopefully. Funds are safe, Uh I believe so. I don't think there's anything 
really fancy going on. I think uh, I'm not sure what the root cause was, but that was like mm, a comment that was made by them earlier today. So I don't think there's anything specific to worry about, but uh, there is that. Oh, USK came out. What about that? Yeah, um, I haven't uh, I haven't played on uh, Kujira yet, so I need to go do that at some point. Uh, did yeah. you guys pick up a fair amount of like Kuji token? I'm not sure what happened, but I like for some reason I used to have Kujira token. And um, I'm not sure what the snapshot date was, but for some reason, I don't have any snapshot of Kajira for some reason. So um, there's that. I didn't I didn't actually. Um, so, like, I don't own any, which is weak. Yeah, no, they're um, they're doing really well. They're, it's really um, like so. I mean, you're, do you remember Harpoon Protocol and, you know, like all of that going on? It must have been like. What, yeah, April, April twenty one. I mean, Jesus. Sure. Yeah, I know what Kajira is. I just haven't yeah. played on it yet on the new yeah, yeah, project. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm just reminiscing on like they went from just like oh, we're gonna we're gonna set up a, like a sort of a front end for anchor liquidations and like first come first serve. Like scroll to page three because the bots get page one, um, and then they they moved on and on and on. And now they're like they're doing stable coin. They're doing Christ, you know, uh, uh, obviously spot on on Finn, and they're doing a wallet, and they're doing, they're still doing the liquidation queue stuff, and talking to them yeah, they about that. A, they must have a big team because they sort of build stuff quick. Yeah, for sure. Um, the teams UI that like talk UI. about this shit for like a year, and like it takes forever, but they like within like what four or five months. Yeah, they're a professional team. So the, this is kind of what I was saying because because uh, like last summer, it's like you know. Um, you know they were doing like their fundraising and stuff and it was like oh well i don't know man because I was, I was getting sort of like fudded by people i was trying to convince a group that they should probably invest in these guys and they say i don't know man that they, they seem uh like they're just doing a front end i'm hearing from other developers they're just doing a front end and i'm like no dude this is like a professional team like the, the difference between this team and some of the other teams building on terra is these guys are actually doing this like professionally for a living. And they like, are you looking at the, the UI? They're like organized. They, they deliver a sick product. Um, like this whole thing about, oh, it's only a UI. It's like, well, this is actually probably one of the hardest parts of this is, is delivering a sick user experience. And that's what they do really well. And I was like, no, you seriously want, you want to invest in this, these guys because they're, they're seriously good. Um, and yeah, you know, full of praise of the guys. And, and I, think, I think what they're doing is really cool. So um, and hats yeah, off, like, I've, I've spoken like to we're going to build our own chain. Yeah, I've spoken to Tom and those guys uh, at length before um, when they had their project in the Ontario. And it was a good protocol. I actually used it, um, like, Ontario for liquidations and such. So I just haven't um, had the, like, time or the effort to sit down and go to their chain and play around. I need to do so. <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, the, do you think that the, the price of that is still pretty good or? Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, not financial advice, but you know, for an L1, it's pretty reasonably valued. I'd, I'd say, um, hard to say really. It's hard to say. I mean, it's like bull market tokens and valuations, like kind of distort your perception of what's reasonable, but it seems good. I mean, it's been having a crazy the, run. What's the cap now? How many tokens are 120 million or something? I can't remember now. 
It's like two bucks. Which L one are you speaking of? Kujira. I'm looking it up now. I think I think it's like like just shy of 500 mil. But let me see. So I think the key, one of the key metrics is going to be like not just the market cap, but like what is the yield rate on it? Because their yield is all like revenue based yield, if my understanding is correct. Yeah, exactly. So they were moving to that on the previous chain too. And uh, the Kuji token actually was a fairly reasonable setup, actually, in terms of like, um, like benefit to the holder. I wonder what their yield rate is now. I'd have, I might message Dove and ask him what's happening. But like, I think you can get a judgment call of, so when you have any kind of coin and it makes money because of revenue on the network, a good way to judge it is to say, like, what's the sort of like the price to earnings ratio sort of, it's very similar to a traditional company. So, you know, because um, ultimately, like any company can go up and down in value, right, as far as the coin, but um, a good way to value it is like how much revenue are they actually producing? So if like, you know, if a typical proof of stake network coin is something like, uh, I don't know, let's say a 5% to, you know, 20% yield rate or something like that, um, you know, if you're making something like less than 5%, and it's a non-inflationary yield. Um, you probably want to be somewhere between like, I don't know, four to ten percent to make the the sort of like risk benefit uh, worth it. I would think, but I'm not. I'm not sure. No point uh, seven. I'm not sure of all the tokenomics of the coin. It's no point seven eight, but the the yield is going to be drawing from a few different places. So, you know, like you'll remember, like Orca. There was like fees from from Walker yeah, from opening sure. and closing. So like that that just launched today. USK just launched today. I think I don't know how much it's been made yet, but there's probably like a cap of about a million dollars worth. So you know it's like day one stuff, and uh, and they'll probably keep building this, these things out and getting new sources of yield. I mean, I, I've not personally staked my Kuji right now because I think 0.78 percent, and and also you know PTSD from from Terra like staking 21 days. I don't, I don't enjoy it. It's not something I want to put a large amount of money into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, speaking of which, um, Tendermint Timmy uh, mentioned this a few times. Uh, he's one of the guys that are building um, the Spark uh, a- application, which essentially is like an, uh, a mixture of things. It's like education and other things for Cosmos. Uh, and I think, uh, so he's putting together a validator called Spark, S-P-A-R-C. And it's going to be for Cosmos, and he's looking for people to delegate with him. Um, I kind of committed to like something between, I don't know how much it's going to be worth at that moment, but something like $15,000 to $20,000 worth of Juno to get that started. He, they need like something like, I think, 200K worth of Juno or something like that to be safely within the um, like uh, active validator set so that you make yield off of it. Um, they're not going to launch the actual um validator until they have all of the commits as far as people wanting to uh, put some capital in i told him i'd help him out it's a it's a really um useful um uh, useful project and uh, delegating with them is going to help um sort of fund that uh or fund their efforts in the background uh so i thought that was a reliable um place to park some juno and uh, i have actually i haven't actually owned any juno yet so this is going to be my first foray into the Juno thing with, uh, anyway, a, a reasonable amount of capital and 
helping these guys out. But I think uh, their project is designed to, um, I think, uh, help the Cosmos ecosystem in general, which is very cool. So if people have some capital to, that you'd like to kind of throw at that, just message Tendermint Timmy and uh, let him know how much you know you want to park there. Uh, he's just trying to get enough commits uh, to be sure that they can start up the whole thing. So anyway, yeah, just kind of helping the guy out and uh, helping out the Cosmos. I think it's a good project. Um, Gro Grover, when are we going to be able to get on, say, Network, you said again? It's uh, how, how close is it to launch? Uh, we are probably looking at the start of next year for Mainnet. Um, so the earliest time you'll be able to, like, get uh, say network what in exchange for Adam or something or like what's going to be the liquidity pool there you think so so the the initial like public sale I'm not sure what how they'll structure that if it'll be or, or even what I, I suspect it'll be on Cosmos but I don't know um, it, they'll accept some reasonable asset that people have access to for, to buy the tokens there at some fixed price probably um, probably I don't know for sure but then um, you know there'll be There'll be spot markets with all the usual suspects uh, on uh, on say. So now, how 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 competitive um, do you think the construction of this thing is compared to like DYDX compared to like what Tundra was talking about yesterday, GMX? Like, uh, where do you think um, uh, the network is sort of positioned? Yeah. And by the way, are you are you sort of like a member of the like network as far as the building crew too? Or are you just on the Vortex protocol only? Uh, well, I'm kind of, um, yeah, I'm, I'm Vortex. I'm a co-founder for, for that specific protocol. I obviously speak to the, to the, to the team regularly. And, you know, there's some good overlap between, you know, <laughs> like I'd say I'm in almost all of the chat rooms, you know, that's, that's, that's my involvement's pretty um extensive in that respect i guess but um yeah like in terms of dydx and so so right now dydx are obviously coming up with their own cosmos chain and they're, they're building it they're looking at launching it q3 next year and they released some information about how it's performing and really interestingly the numbers that they're putting out there now are like oh you know we've we've run our first tests and this is how it's performing. Um, it's worse than a vanilla Cosmos chain. So we're kind of scratching our heads. Like, why would you, why would you publish this information? It's very strange. And that's with an off-chain order matching engine. So the whole point of DYDX is that they've got this off-chain matching engine. Um, and that's supposed to make things faster and like, so they can get more transactions per second and faster finality, blah, blah, blah. But um, but it's actually not performing as well as Terra was like. <laughs> so you know, so it's a well, little bit. Why do you think that would uh, be though? Like, is there anything particular uh, about? This well, no. I mean, I think I think it's it could be growing pains and like it's just initial tests and I, I don't know like trying to integrate this this off chain component into um, into an existing architecture. You know, maybe that's why it's happening. Um, hard to say. Um, you you got to think it'll improve. You know, we have to assume that it's going to be like at least as good as an injective and Kuji and, you know, um, possibly say, um, I think, I think the best place to look is to, is to go to the co-founder of says, um, Twitter profile, Jay, and he's got, they've done a bunch of load tests and sort of, um, seeing what kind of speeds, speeds can say can achieve in optimal conditions and realistic conditions. Like, um, and for context, I guess DYDX handles about a thousand trades per second. So that's like, um, uh, like, Typical volume that they'd see 
um, and say will we'll comfortably do very, you know, 10 times that easily. Um, so like in terms of scalability, it's all kind of there. The, the, the difficult part with an order book isn't, you know, like the te- obviously speed and tech and all this stuff is like, you know, the, the selling point. The difficult part is actually then you need to get market makers um, because, you know, you can't, you can't rely on automated market makers to sort of um, have your whole trading, trading experience. So, so that means that, you know, if you had like a situation without any market makers, like there's no liquidity in the order book and it's just like it's not working. So that's the, that's the difficult part uh, in all of this for, for me personally in Vortex is to make sure that we've got, it's, it's like a chicken and egg. Like market makers want to see that there's good. Um, yeah, they want to see, they want to see volume. They want to see customers yeah, revenue. Exactly. And at the same time, they're like, well, we don't have that until you show up. And it's just like a cyclical problem. Exactly. That's so so that that's actually like one of my main jobs at the moment is to go and find um uh market like not not the big boys like they you know <laughs> we want to find people who, who are trying to maybe it's their first foray into on chain chain trading maybe it's their like uh, branching out from like the, uh, like another business entirely perhaps they're a smaller group perhaps they're already market making on somewhere like Injective. Um, and we just want to talk to those people. So uh, if, if you're that kind of person and, or if you know anyone who's in the business of, of like smaller market makers and things like that, then very interested to talk to them um, about, about Vortex. So that's uh, just me rambling a little bit. Yeah, sounds interesting. So like it's just going to be like there's going to be some growing time as far as just getting everything kind of really up and running. Yeah, I mean, we want to we want to launch day one, obviously, with like well, the MVP. Um, yeah, what do you, what what do you want to have available to trade on the platform mm, yeah. at the time when you're starting? So day one, uh, Atom, Bitcoin, Ethereum is the thinking for the three markets we'll run first. Um, beyond that, we're probably going to expand to some of the longer tail, like you know, like where you've got a strong community, you know, like Juno, Osmo, like like this, imagine it's like hey. This Ethereum come. and Bitcoin is what exactly? This is um, oh, like- so it's the whole. Okay, so I'll explain. So, like when you when you turn up to Vortex, uh, you deposit your collateral, which is most likely only going to be stable coins uh, on day one, and that that then lets you sort of uh, you can lever up, you can borrow uh, from Vortex, so you can go up to like ten uh, x uh, leverage, long or short, on the perpetual market, and then that that market is. Uh, the way it works on GMX is it's all synthetic, so like it kind of just tracks tracks this price, and um, <laughs> I don't know how to explain this succinctly. Uh, so I, I, with Vortex, you basically have longs pay shorts and shorts pay longs as a mechanism to bring it back towards the spot price. So you have this re- uh, reference point, which is your Oracle price, uh, which is coming from the validator network to start with. Uh, we'll have like an inbuilt uh, native Oracle on chain, but then. Um, expanding that to be as decentralized as possible. So, but anyway, that's beside the point. So then, when you have that, but this is trading price. actual Bitcoin Ethereum, or it's no, no, no. Like- yeah, it's so you only we only deal with the whatever the collateral is. So USDC, for example, or okay. Uh, so, yeah, but you're, you're you're basically sort of like trading on, but you don't take receipt of the the primary asset. You take no, exactly. That's the beauty. You take profit in it's just like a futures thing. Yeah. Yeah, so so we never, yeah, we never have to actually own any of the underlying assets, which is why it's quite exciting because, you know, you can list crypto assets, which is like, okay, cool, well, I can, you know, crypto assets, it's fun, you know, we can long and short Juno, long and short Luna, 
great um but you know there is no limit in theory <laughs> to what you can list so probably not equities you know we probably don't want to list equities because well um, you'd basically end up listing like the things you think have the greatest potential to generate revenue and popularity obviously yeah so, so it'd probably be like some core like cosmos tokens because you know people understand them and then maybe some like uh bitcoin ethereum or or maybe you could also do like some other um like you, you could do what like the price of apple stock or something uh something we're like probably gonna avoid equities purely because oh just regulatory right <laughs> we don't want to be subpoenaed when i'm about to go on stage at uh Misari Complex, New York. I don't want to get to the top of the elevator and get a brown envelope from Gary Gandler. <laughs> so you're not, you're not, uh, so you guys are like going to be kind of a docs thing. So you're, you're subjecting yourself to this mayhem or you're just going to, you're not going to stay anonymous. Uh, it's probably too or late. Whatever. It's too late. <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, we're, we're, we're running it pretty clean. Um, that, you know, yeah, there's, there's your first mistake right there. <laughs> there are other there are fucking other. clean like <laughs> that's how you get like they, they like it seems like nobody gives a shit about clean people this is the problem but anyway maybe we'll see maybe. we'll see <laughs> there is i mean like syntha has announced recently that they're going to launch on say and they are an anonymous uh synthetics team and they're going to mint whatever they like <laughs> so there's there's that's the other approach um that's the other approach that you can take. But what, what was I even talking about here? Um, yeah, you don't. We don't handle the underlying assets, so we can list pretty much what we like within reason. The only problem is that you have to consider the risk. So, so a nice example. If you look at something called Gains Network, which is quite similar to GMX, um, they went ahead and listed all kinds of different crypto assets, forex stocks, um, but they also listed Luna, and everybody kind of clued on that you could go 10x short <laughs> Luna when it was death spiraling. Um, and so what happened there is like they drained, the, basically the house, if you imagine the casino, you know, they, they ransacked the casino. The protocol survived. Um, so, you know, they got away with it just about. They maintained their position. But that's a little bit, you know, the risk is if you, if you introduce an asset that is guaranteed or predictable to go up or down, like programmed to go up or down, um, or you introduce an asset which is super risky, like volatile, for example, like it turns out that the founder of the project is a Nazi. Um, like if we listed Board 8 Yacht Club, for example, uh, then you it would go to zero and, um, and um, you know, the house would lose, uh, which means our insurance fund. So let me backtrack for a minute. So people can get liquidated, obviously, and you need liquidators. So you need people to come in and buy those positions for a discount. Um, let's say that there are no liquidators that turn up and um, there are still people getting liquidated because of some crazy catastrophic mar market event, then you, we have the protocol insurance fund, which is going to basically ensure the solvency of the protocol. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's something that we have to consider as well, like the risk uh, of something being guaranteed to go up or down. Like we couldn't list the weather, like you couldn't say, oh, um, the, we're, we're going to have a market for like a predictions market or something. I don't know for, for the temperature next Tuesday, because you could look up the weather forecasts and you'd, you'd all win like predictable and knowable things can't be, uh, listed yeah, in this. You know. Oh, I see what you're saying. It can't be too, too predictable. It's <laughs> just somewhat. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what, what oh, the fuck hey. we were talking about? 
<laughs> I, I zone out here. We're talking about two, uh, gr- the vortex it's a protocol. Gambling. So, so <laughs> if I'm going to simplify this down for a moment, you can come in and bet on whether you think something's going up or down. And it could be initially a crypto asset. You can get like 10x leverage, and then we're going to introduce other things which are which are also interesting and cool later down the line. Um, gold, maybe uranium, maybe wheat, forex, uh, things like that. So. Anyway, that's yeah. That's it's like it's your. You can basically play on like a predictions market, essentially. But you're not you're not actually trading the underlying asset. Is basically the bottom line. Uh, yeah. So that's Grover's Vortex Protocol. He'll be uh, working on opening that up on Say Network when it is released. What you said later next year? Uh, start of next year, most likely. Start of next year. Okay. Okay. Oh, hey, Jack. How are you doing? Hey, Jack. What's up, man? Oh, hey, guys. I saw that Bruce came back. Wanted to just come in and say hey. <laughs> yeah, we're waiting for him to, like, I don't know, get out of the shower or wherever the heck he is to kind of come hang out with us. To uh, Yeah, somehow we were able to, like, exert enough influence to make uh, Twitter put him back where he belongs. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you know Jack, but, like, uh, uh, he's, like, our favorite, uh, like, you know, I don't know, like satire account. So the thing is, like, he's always going to say something controversial, something kind of triggering. So it's not a shocker that he got banned. But I mean, it's all in it's all in good fun. Verbal shit posting is classic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Wait, for, for, for now, satire prevailed. No, yeah, yeah, no. Coach, coach is definitely not satire. I thought he meant everything he said. Um, actually, actually coach does. You know what's interesting about um, Bruce is. Um, He's so weird that he actually like most of these things he says are for some some sort of real world experience, which is so weird because you dig into it with him and, and he has this whole yarn of stuff he did, like, um, you know, like uh, traveling the ashrams of India and all sorts of weird shit. He's like he reminds me of uh, like, you know, the wackiness of like Steve Jobs or something like that. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, he always has a great story to tell. And, and he, he translates that into such like crazy, witty posts and humor. It's really great. <laughs> So it's easy to uh, like if you don't have any context, right? And you're some like uh, like drone worker, like maybe screening for uh, you know reports and stuff on people on Twitter. You can understand like if you don't understand the context, what he's talking about, it could sound kind of gnarly. But um, <laughs> you have to sort of like see the whole body of work. We were joking, Jack. It's almost like I don't know if you watch Dave Chappelle, the comedian. Um, he, he like Dave Chappelle had to leave comedy because like everyone sort of ostracized him. He's like, oh, like my wife is Vietnamese and shit. Like, you know, why can't I t- say anything funny about the Asian community or whatever? It's like, you know. So he finally came back. Chappelle did, and uh, so we, we're, he's our little Dave Chappelle. Not 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 a moment too soon. I was a huge fan of OG Chappelle even before the Chappelle Show, and uh, really stoked to see him back. Uh, carrying on the freedom of speech thing which is great he's I, I love dave yeah i mean like there's this like he, he always like um toes that line between like you know i mean basically if you get into it right like it's ultimately the ability to laugh at yourself it's like it doesn't matter what like um like racial group you are what sexual group you are it doesn't really matter like every one of us does some stupid shit that's really funny um every one of us like doesn't matter what, where, where you're from and the thing is like um you know, like the ability to joke about that is is great, you know, as long as it's not in some sort of like just being nasty for no reason. Right. But, um, yeah, it's 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 hard to toe that line, the whole like political correctness thing. And obviously it's a, it's it's a, like, how, how do you uh, 
play that game. It's like, it's very funny. Like somebody, uh, so Zara here was like, um, he was, she was talking to Robin, one of our uh, folks who was in the audience yesterday. And she was, Robin was carrying on and on. She's like, Zara's like, why do you Americans just keep kind of carrying on and on and on? You just keep talking and whatever. Then the guy, like he only, he just showed up in the spaces like five minutes before or something. He didn't understand that we were joking around. And he's like, oh my God, this space is so toxic. And they made fun of Americans and whatever the fuck. And we were like, <laughs> and we we're all like sitting here going, hmm, like reading this tweet afterwards. We're like, man, he just didn't stick around long enough to realize that we're just messing around. So yeah, this like, it's, it's very easy out of context to think that like you're being made fun of or something. But yeah, Zara, uh, Zara, uh, maybe you can apologize to all the Americans in the room uh, for your distasteful nonsense. Of course, yeah. Honestly, what I said was completely out of pocket. It was four AM in English time. Um, my cat died that morning yesterday. Um, it was really sad. So, you know, I just think I wish I mean, that the person who wrote those tweets that was so angry about me, like just joking around, like in that harsh, dry way. I wish they just requested to speak, and then we could have just spoken about it. You know. Um, I mean, the, the Americans probably deserve a TBH, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, no, I can't do this again. Um, we'll get my <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I'll come back. I'll come back in a bit, but I uh, just wanted to say hey. See you later, Jack. <laughs> Good job. Bye. <job>. Bye. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. If you guys don't uh, follow Jack, he's he uh, is one of the folks uh, that works hard at the Cosmos and uh is a um he he his actual organization is i think strange love labs or something and uh they have a validator on cosmos as well and uh he does a lot of the communication stuff for cosmos communicating between projects and this and that and building chains so he's a cool guy um it's it's great on cosmos that you get access to all these folks like it's really kind of fun like uh like um I don't know if you guys have seen like one of the guys that comes around here. His name is like, um, uh, trying to think better or something. Forget the last uh, part of his name anyway. Uh, but he has like, uh, contacts with a lot of the folks like Ethan Buckman and Jay Kwan and everything else. And, um, so he, he was able to like get, uh, Ethan Buckman in contact with me, which is fun, uh, to kind of like talk over some ideas. So it's, it's kind of neat in cosmos where like, uh, imagine, you were in the early days of Apple or something, and you can actually talk to some of the like early, you know, imagine if you could have a conversation with Wozniak or something like that in chat. I think Cosmos is a lot like that, a lot of accessible people. Um, and it's not gotten so big that it's like impossible to communicate with folks. That's really fun. But uh, yeah, hopefully you guys sort of take advantage of that um, and follow some folks on Twitter and uh, you'll get a lot of uh, details of what's happening. But anyway, uh, Grover, what, what's your experience uh, around the cosmos? You have been having fun? Oh, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm just finishing some chocolate. Um, yeah, my diet's not going so well. Uh, the, um, yeah, I, I guess that's exactly right. Like, you know, you've got access to all these founders, man. Yeah, and all these people who are, like, building their products out. I'm just in a chat with you, you know, like, you're just in a group chat. But like, do you remember like Doe was just hanging around in Lunatics? Maybe a bad example, but you know, it's just like, hey, um, how's it going, man? What are you working on? <laughs> stop tagging me! <laughs> stop tagging me, man! But I think, uh, yeah, we've got access to all of the uh, all these people, and you can just literally have a conversation with them and pick their brains and stuff. So it's like super accessible from that point of view. Like, do you want to talk to another project, or do you want to talk to someone who's like an expert in, in, in something specific? You just, it's like, hey. Uh, 
fancy a chat and they're like yeah sure have you got calendly it's like, all right imagine that like i don't know like in any other industry just like even people who are implicit in competitors like oh you know we're, we, we're, how are you thinking about this problem oh yeah sure let's have a chat um so it's, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty crazy even some of the folks in here that like just hang out a lot on cosmos like home and mayor and uh uh, who's here at the, up on the speaker right now, or um, like Tricky and Tendermint Timmy, all these people sort of like, you know, hanging out, doing like uh, spaces and things, like, you know, educating people and whatever. Um, and you get a lot of alpha from the folks too. Like I know like Mayor and the gang, like, they, uh, they tuned me into like how to pick up a bunch of airdrops and stuff I wasn't paying attention to. And like, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, um, you know, having like a kind of a tight knit group still. Uh, when things get so, super, super big, like an Ethereum big, it's like you feel like you don't know anybody, uh, which is very no, different. No, actually, see if I, I have to tell you that I'm, a, I'm in a special Discord group where you have a well, Discord server where there is all the Ethereum elite. You have Vitalik and Tetranode and, you know, Punk69, whatever he's uh, 29 or whatever his name is. Uh, you know, Jack, the the guy who's usually just like, derailing against the other projects like they do have their small uh hangout places where where the elite usually just hangs hangs in but uh or hangs out but um yeah you you kind of have to find out how to get to those places like grover is is talking about how he's on these groups with the owners i just messaged him on telegram so he adds me to that group because uh i want to be there man uh and but, but it's not even that it's like if people get busy right like when things get really really big oh yeah it's not about necessarily having access like you're not gonna have access to people's time because there's just too too busy and they don't have uh they're not able to sort of like catch up with any individuals or small groups and stuff so so I'm, I'm of the yeah. bsc fight that if you know what to say you usually can't get their time right it it all it all depends on what you have to offer like you have to think well, sure, whatever, like. Oh, Vitalik, I love you. Blah blah blah. You know, like I love yeah, you. That, yeah, that's, that's that's not, not gonna work. work. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to think like uh, whenever you're contacting these guys, like what's in it for them, right? So if you don't have anything for them that is actually gonna uh, like boost their, I don't know, their network, their project, or whatever they're doing, yeah, it's gonna course. be hard to to get an answer. But if you if you actually have something to offer to them they're they're gonna be quite open like that's what i yeah. found these are people that like to collaborate so um obviously they're they're interested in other people like-minded people who might want to build things and such another good hack is to guess their calendar name and just put a time <laughs> guess their calendar yeah, name i've done it get yourself on their calendar you can do it man <laughs> it worked it worked for me once that's funny. And <laughs> you got in what, there once. <laughs> what happened after after you uh, scheduled the Cantley? Like, yeah. they, didn't they went like, who the fuck are you? No, you know how it is. Like, really busy people are like back to back to back. You're just another person on the calendar. It's it's, it's a hack. Yeah, it's worth it's worth trying. Now you you contacted some some folks there for what? What were you trying to do? What were you trying to like? Just trying to hang out, or you're talking about like building something? What was your thing? It, I mean, it, uh, it was like in business partnership type thing. Um, so going in for advice and looking for money. Nothing ended up coming of it, but it, but it wasn't, I don't regret it. Yeah, it's a fun little story, I guess. Yeah. <laughs>
So, so Mayor, what you been up to today? Oh, hey, I've been um, uh, not not too busy. Uh, been uh, messing around online. I I think I was listening to a couple other spaces, but so so uh, Coach got out of a Twitter timeout. Yeah, um, he he had a permanently banned thing, which is actually hard to break out, but like between the like i guess dozens of us that know enough people or whatever like somehow or another they were able to uh, uh get him free I, I don't know which of our efforts actually worked but like uh yeah whoever uh, like retweeted or whatever and you know like and helped out uh, I'm, thanks for yeah everybody. i'm glad to hear that I, I i wanted to tell you my impression of the first space that i popped into and and i think you and coach and there was like I think it was like over 150 people in there and um you guys were going on and on and on and and i thought literally i'd walked into the lunatic asylum like it you guys were having some fun but you got it the conversation was like swirling around so fast i couldn't keep up with it but it, it took it took me just maybe about five minutes to to figure out like okay they're having like extreme goofiness fun here with a couple other i think you guys were having fun with people who didn't know what was going on it was crazy yeah sometimes it's just fun to like drag someone in who's like brand new and they're like you know like just kind of like, like uh like david. A little bit. Like yeah david, i was gonna say um, his name was david glockenspiel um <laughs> he had no idea what was going on well, and, it's, the, uh, it's the way it's the way coach talks sometimes he's just like so kind of chill and like he'll ask questions and i was like who is this guy like I, mean, I couldn't it was just crazy but anyway the funniest thing is we good cop bad cop uh uh david goldstein into becoming a lunatic which is hilarious two hour countdown he came to in that like, ama oh. baby yeah he was like oh this luna classic uh, community is insane it's stupid don't buy it it's like you're shilling some shit going <laughs> next thing you know he's doing an ama so that was perfect well that's yeah, we funny. somehow yeah. converted him i know I know it's it's a great way. Humor is a great way to, um, you know, just break down barriers. And, you know, maybe some people who are like not even into crypto might be like, what the heck are all these people talking about? And number two, like these people are kind of funny and goofy. Like, I, I think I like them. But anyways. Um, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Actually, yeah. Like what we've been doing is slowly kind of getting together. It's fun because like if, when you have enough people that have a like nice sense of humor, who are willing to riff off each other and do like some impromptu fun or just like, or just, yeah. or just interesting conversationalists, right? It just always leads to some yeah. hijinks uh, and whatnot. See if I, see if I, I can't wait for people to link yesterday's discussion of Zara losing the keys and today uh, long dumping 20% of the market. Oh, that, that's that's how last, this works. Yeah, last night was like, was a wild roller coaster. Oh, God damn. <laughs> Everyone's sitting there like, like you have to put too much money in to be watching the price like twenty four seven, right? Like, hey, oh my god, it went down. It oh, went yeah. down while the whole Twitter space is just going wild, <laughs> and Discord is just freaking the hell out, thinking that okay, That's... these these are the people behind the treasury, and then they're talking about like hunting Doc One and and uh, making missions, uh, targeting Twitter offices and stuff like that. And they really took that seriously. Hey, it worked though. It worked, right? Uh, so... <laughs> if you were short, yeah. It did. Oh, you see, unbanned. Yeah, he's unbanned. It worked. Oh, so it was a successful operation. It's a liberation yeah, mission, we, just like uh, Russians was, Russia once. But I give I, credit to Addy. Addy probably went over there with her glasses on, you know, during lunchtime. Yeah. And she went with the glasses on. Of course. <laughs> World Trade Center 2. Yeah. 
Yeah, World and the fucking goblins that have the keys to Lunk. <laughs> the best thing when you gave a proper answer to the guy, like just a two minute long answer, and then you just nailed the answer. Like, but it wasn't goblins, it was piglets, and then they all freaked out again, you know, like, because then you don't know whether like your answer was legitimate or not, because it just ended with the shit post again. Yeah, what's weird is like, I think as well, from the people we've talked to in the classic community, it's like not everybody has also like English as their first language. So a lot of people we talk to, it's like, I don't think they're understanding that we're just joking around and fucking around. Like, they just think we're, we're I don't understand. I never understand if you're joking around, man. Yeah, because they, they didn't break character. That's also the thing. What I really enjoy, like, it, it, I also lost proper amount of sleep last night because I was just, like, tuning in. Uh, they just would speak, like, seriously, like a normal conversation, discussion, but, like, an absolute bizarre words would be coming out of their mouths. So people wouldn't understand whether they're serious or not. But to the point where... It, some topics turned sexual or violent or that's when they started talking about torture methods and stuff when it's supposed to be then some people thought it was like a community chat about developments it was hilarious learn some history yeah which keeps the full he keeps one single tone through the entire conversation no matter if it's serious joking or anything he's just hmm yeah and it's just one single tone well, the old lady thing was quite poetic. As much as disturbing it was, it was a bit poetic. Yeah, yeah actually, all the, all the women liked it, so it's funny. <laughs> mm. The girls were fully in. Yeah. Does, yeah. He, does he speak with an English accent? What's yeah, that? A, sl a slight British accent, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, so, you know, so <laughs> that makes sense. Winston Churchill has a saying uh, I am very fond of. He says, the only difference between an American and a Brit is uh, common language. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. The, uh, yeah, but anyway, it's fun. Like, the, the, the spaces, you know, like, we're perfectly fine, like, you know, switching to, like, serious questions and all that stuff. And we have a pretty good background as far as, like, on uh, you know regarding Terra, Cosmos, and this and that, so we can actually reasonably uh, answer questions. The other thing is like, um, you know, but at the same time, it's like uh, like Bruce actually is the one like the like when Terra crashed, like he started the Luna Classic DAO, which is like a brand new DAO, the Lunk DAO, and the entire point was like to basically just sort of fuck around, be himself and um, sort of like promote this kind of like burn mechanism thing and just have fun with it and really just kind of like turn, br bring this into sort of a meme coin energy thing. And like when he first started it, I was like, this is kind of stupid. I was like, this is, this is idiotic. I don't know why you're doing this. And um, you know, but he, he kind of understood that like, you know, the, the, a lot of people get into things because they're fun and like if you make the whole thing entertaining with a bunch of you know fucked up tweets and crazy shit like people start retweeting it he gets some engagement from that and then you know brought a ton of capital in and then of course like once the capital starts arriving then um you know it's it's easy to build stuff and it's easy to run validators and all of that and then you know all sorts of magic can happen but that you know like think about it like you could either have a bunch of vcs like bring a bunch of money and park it there and then dump on you later right that's one possibility or you can have the community come and bring a bunch of money, put it in and possibly dump on you later. What's the difference at some point, right? Like that's no matter what happens, someone's going to dump on you if you are in that situation. So 
I think like as long as it's a community and you're not getting a bunch of um, like mega whales or whatever, it's uh, I think it's a more organic experience and like we'll see how it goes. So yeah, it's uh, you know and like a lot of times <laughs> it's funny like he or I or whoever will will like say stuff and like never do we sit sit around saying oh buy this or buy that like we just kind of we answer questions about different things but it's funny when like the price of something goes down oh you said it was like you know you said it was going to go up and it went down this kind of shit you know like the whole the whole uh like uh anytime you talk about price action anything like that people just get up their you know the panties in a wad or whatever and uh you have to be able to like you know like shuck that off basically there's guys off of Discord that were switching. The Eric dude, he was like, I'm selling all my lunk and getting V2 um, because some crazy girl, she owns the keys to the chain, and that's not right, and we don't know who the CEO is. And thanks, and, and he was giving thanks to us, and I was like, dude, you crazy son of a bitch. We didn't tell anybody to buy or sell anything, sure, for sure one. That, are you sure they weren't just trolling also, though? <laughs> Like no, dude, along. this guy went. This guy went nuts and started DMing motherfuckers on Twitter, bro. And like DM, dude, he sent me DMs. He sent a bunch of people damn DMs, and then on Discord, he was sending people DMs. And it was like, hey, I'm not joking. Um, who do I need to get in contact with? Um, that's running uh, the Luna Classic uh, chain. And it's like, dude, get in contact with yourself, bro. I mean. It's decentralized. It's, it's, it's like funny that, like, you know, but, uh, you know, one of the things I like about sort of like um, what Bruce does, which is sort of like gin up the crowd a little bit with some humor and like just saying just fucked up shit randomly. Like, just he just tells stories, right? The benefit of it is like any kind of sociopathic people, they just can't handle that stuff. Like the people that are too uptight or, or, or just downright sociopathic, just crazy. Like, they're the ones that actually can't handle it. People like with a normal demeanor who can handle humor and whatever tend to stick around for these things and you bet you build a more sort of like i don't know well-rounded community or whatever like if you are always just talking nerd shit all the time then you just get a certain type of crowd you, you know you have to be able to kind of loosen up i think and he does a great job of like you know bringing different types of people in it's really fun yeah but dude like always being serious that's why i started joining your guys' spaces and with coach is because i love the topic changes you can be serious and then I'm able to learn a lot because I love learning. And like you said earlier, you know, there'll be founders of other projects in here. The Cosmos guys will be in here. I mean, and they're speaking some awesome fucking knowledge, you know, and I'm just listening and absorbing as much as I can. But then again, it gets to the point where your brain gets tired of that shit and it needs just a switch off. So then you guys start bringing in astrology and torture and other <laughs> shit which well which, you know a lot of, of the topics like, are awesome topics though you know it's, it's also, i mean it's just sort of like also just getting her out of like people's comfort zone right like there's always like it's it's interesting to find out like what people believe why they believe it and like some of it's like some of the things i believe will be wacky to you and some of the stuff you think is like i, I think you're crazy or something like that but it's just fun to hear all the kind of just strangeness right like and it's interesting, like in Twitter spaces, you do have access to all these sort of like interesting sort of like uh, concepts. And, yeah, but plenty of weirdos for sure, like myself or yourself. Like, so when you have plenty of weirdos going on, the thing is like, you can get a lot of ideas from it too. Like you start thinking about, okay, wow, okay, like those type of people exist in the world. And um, like, you know, you sort of like, uh, like internalize that at some point and try to figure out what to make of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun kind of like, 
thing to just sort of see how people react to things. It's, it's just hilarious. And like when, when coach puts people on the spot and, you know, sort of makes fun of them or whatever, uh, like periodically he'll have like the women like deride some of the men just to like just to fuck with them and so like remember when uh david came on and he had this so david's this guy that has like you know, like eight hundred thousand followers or something and he's kind of like got a whole like david was it gawkenspiel media or whatever so he's got this whole channel he's got like i don't know if you guys caught that one some of you guys might have been there but like he he has his whole channel and uh you know, he does like a TikTok, and I think he does like, I don't know, maybe a YouTube channel or something like that. And then he's got like some other friends that do different spaces and they do these huge things. Like he gets a pretty good audience and he gins up some crowd for whatever reason. And uh, so we, uh, Bruce posted um, his on his Twitter, he posted something like, you know, this like 69 IQ moron uh, uh, thinks he knows about crypto, blah, 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 right? Like just made fun of him. And then we started, uh, he posted it up at the top of the spaces here. And then one of David's uh, fans or whatever, probably like, you know, Jess or somebody, like she went and sent a message to him and said, come check it out. These guys are talking about you on, uh, in the spaces. And so he shows up and we're like, oh, hey, Dave, how's it going? <laughs> like, and then just start like carry on berating him right in front of everybody. So it's like, it's just funny. Anyway, he was a great sport about it. And ultimately, um, sort of like everyone became friends and like, uh, yeah, the whole thing was hilarious. It worked out really well. So, like, what is he doing with you guys, Demon? He's he's doing like some sort of AMA now with the Luna Classic community, or what? So, Coin Merge is hosting an AMA in an hour and a half uh, here on the Twitter Spaces, and they're hosting some woody bastard. Uh, what's his name? Um, hold on, two seconds. Uh, somewhere i got it somewhere in fucking here so they're hosting terror rebels uh with guest of honor papa woody and celebrity appearance david gockenstein so it's at 7 p.m eastern so yeah we kind of won him over with some bullshit and got him to i mean i don't know how much he's actually gonna talk um they kind of invited me to so I'll probably just join in and just in case he starts spitting his bullshit again, I can kind of step in and bring him back down to Funniest our level. Thing is when you and him like we're, we're, we're at it at each other's throats and shit. That was really funny. Yeah, especially with the fucking sirens going off in the background and shit. <laughs> and then the other mysterious thing is you never know what Bruce is going to say, right? So it's like, wait, where are we taking this? Where are we going with this? Are you going to fuck him up? Or are you going to like make friends? Like I'm trying to play good cop over here. And uh, like he, he kept making the title of the space increasingly more egregious. Like <laughs> the guy's coming on to like lecture. It's about like, don't pump and dump lunk or whatever the hell. And uh, Bruce is up there like changing it from like lunk to a dollar to lunk to five dollars to lunk to five thousand dollars. <laughs> just like get, like egging him on, which is really sweet. Anyway, I just loved how everybody joined in. They started sharing all of his Twitter spaces because, I mean, he was kind of being hypocritical on some points of it where he was saying, oh, we don't want. Look, you guys are shilling the shit out of Luna Classic, and there's people that don't know anything about crypto, so it's their on-ramp, but then they're going to get dumped on, and they're going to lose all this damn money. But then it's like, well, you were supporting Doge doing that. So how the fuck are you supporting Doge? And that was okay with Doge, but it's not okay with Luna Classic. That makes no goddamn sense to me. You know how it is. It's like, as long as you're not talking about my shitcoin, everyone else's coins are shitcoins, right? Like, that's how this works. Yeah, exactly. So, 
you know, uh, it's you know all good, I, I don't know about you guys. I can't. Uh, so I was totally wrecked on Terra, and like I lost so much. I can't look at long. I can't look at any of it. Like so I don't get like, involved. You're like, yeah, you still have PTSD still from everything, huh? Super PTSD. Like I, I don't care. I'm not going to get burned. I'm not going to allow myself to feel FOMO. Um, it's dead to me. Yeah, that's kind of like the f- interesting thing, actually. That that precise psychology is when like the prices of things tend to bottom out. When like people are at sort of just maxed, literal max depression, max PTSD, whatever the hell you call it. And it's sort of like when like because a lot of the Luna that I had was like uh, I got an airdrop from some that I held, um, like I think on Prism or something at the time, and what ended up happening was like the, I did like receive the airdrop. So I'm glad if Luna 2's price goes up because well, I have plenty of it. And um, like, I, I kind of got in like maybe like originally $5, maybe just under five. I bought a whole lot all at one time. And so I kind of wrote it up and kind of wrote it down. Go ahead, sorry. Um, so yeah, I kind of wrote it up and then kind of wrote it down. But then like, um, you know, when you, when you, I didn't go and buy more of it, like when it was sitting like under $2. Um, and like, I probably should have, but I didn't, but the, I'm in the same boat as you, I'm like, Hey, do I really want more exposure at this point? I have plenty of Luna as it is. And, uh, but yeah, like that always happens where you never catch the actual bottoms of these things. Whereas like some of the Luna classic people, they went nuts and bought it right at the bottom and literally like made back all their money that they had lost in Luna. So it's, it just depends on the strategy there. But I think the thing to learn from all these things is if you look at Bruce, for example, he's like, all right, I'm wrecked for $7 million. I'm going to like, like literally, <laughs> he's like, I'm going to go and uh, start this validator thing. I'm going to start Dow, and I'm just going to throw a bunch of money at Luna classic. I don't care, whatever. I, I think you know, the, the selling pressure will be over with. And then like people just ape in and he was right. And, and by like keeping a composure at the time when he's like at his worst, right. That's when like, you know, you can actually make interesting things happen for very, very small amounts of money. And so I think he made the right choices. And, uh, you know, I think that the lesson there is to like, no matter how bad it gets, it's like, you've got to somehow maintain composure to take advantage of those situations somehow. And, uh, yeah, it's tricky. So is he a better doctor? Can he be a better doctor than you, C5? You know, because I'm, I'm wondering, bro, if if you can't <laughs> can't keep composure when when things go downhill, like if you're operating on me, I, I will be fucking shitting on my pants. Hey, well, oh, you're saying I didn't buy the bottom uh, with sufficient uh, aggressive um, like capitals that you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably going to shit your pants. So... <laughs> I, I look and I, I hear what you're saying with buying the bottom. <clears throat> this is a little bit of a unique use case, well, like a little bit different. because um, it was more than just losing money, like right? Like it was like you woke up and it felt like all of your dreams, your friends' dreams, your you know, like this was it, it's like it's like the analogy I try to get people who aren't in crypto is if you wake up one day and Apple is dead, your iPhone doesn't turn on, the apps that you yeah. have don't work. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, your life. And then this knockoff Apple shows up, you're going to go and buy that stock again. And, 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 and I saw it as, as Luna was crashing. The people that were coming in for Luna Classic were the Shiba, were the same Shiba people, the same. These are people who are buying crypto on centralized exchanges, 
using Twitter to create like echo chambers and keep on saying, imagine if it goes to a dollar, right? These are not the same. It's not the same community. It's, yeah, of it's course. Not, the the yeah. original Terra community, uh, like most of us were like, you know, really thinking like, okay, let's get to this point where we have this like bankless, like in financial freedom, sovereign future where you have, you can get actually stablecoin exposure and uh, a, a decent tokenomic exposure simultaneously and all of that. Right. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, like the, there's no question that it's like having like a, a portion of your brain lobotomized in the sense that like, this was a portion of your dreams that just disappeared almost like, yeah, like you're saying, like some major portion of your life got cut out. So I'm with you on that for sure. Like there was, there is something to this idea of being able to like, there is something magical about having some sort of decentralized censorship resistant stablecoin, And it's, uh, it, it goes beyond just like speculating on Luna or whatever. Right. It was, it was really a, a lot of people's dream to make it work. Um, and I have lots of ideas about why it didn't, but like, and, and ways to possibly solve this in the future. But yeah, you're right. Like the, the, um, it's almost like, uh, anybody who is involved with Luna just now just has like no credibility kind of behavior. Like, so like people didn't want to talk about it. People didn't want to say anything. Like it was just like quiet for a while. Right. It was just a messed up thing. But like at the same time, like if you look at the number of wallets out there for Luna, the number of, um, like dApps that are being built or are built, like there's a lot going on on Terra V2 as well. So it's like, uh, it's just as likely to succeed as any other, like, you know, smart contract platform, you know, minus the, like the stablecoin thing. But the problem most people have is like, okay, what is the actual ethos? What is the point of the particular chain? And that's what the community has to ultimately decide. Yeah. Hey, Steffi, I just want to chime in about Luna real quick. It's like, it's it was so interesting to see kind of the the tradfi and some of the talking heads on um just cnbc and in the, in the way they talk about crypto and, and you know some of the bigger personalities were like um oh see it was a ponzi and you know all this blah 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 you know it's it's crypto's not really gonna work um you know you know bitcoin's gonna be around for a while and blah 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 and all that but it's like I think, you know, what you're saying is it's like, yeah, we're here because we know that the real Ponzi is the traditional finance and the U.S. dollar is going to continue to be devalued. You know, the the Social Security Trust Fund is not going to be able to meet 100 percent of its obligations, you know, in like 20 20- uh, how about none of it? <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's a- <laughs> if if you read the report, if you read the fifty-page report that they put out every year, like you know, they, they it used to be like twenty thirty-eight, then twenty thirty-five, then you know, now it's like twenty thirty-one that they're not going to be able to meet one hundred percent. So it's like we know that the true Ponzi is what the Federal Reserve is running, and you know, they're going to just continue to devalue the dollar. So it's like back to what I was saying. You were saying it's like that that we're trying to build a new economic system is not easy. And you, what you have to have is, you know, it's, it's all about, you know, bartering and, and, and one person accepting an exchange of value for another. And it's like, I think that's what Doe was kind of after with the stable coin. And it's like, I, I know probably a lot of people have a lot of different opinions about him and, you know, whether or not it was, it, it was not a rug. If you read the white paper, everyone knew that this was highly, highly speculative. It was experimental. 
you know, but it's like people just, you know, you get too much involved with it and then your emotions get involved with it. But anyways, I, I just wanted to say that it's just like, you know, I think what. Yeah, it's also uh, it's the, the, the world is sort of like uh, when it comes to companies, when it comes to these kind of experimental things, there's a bit of fake it till you make it too. what I mean by that is like, um, let's say someone attacks you on Twitter about your project and says, oh, blah, 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 it's going to go to zero and everything, right? Like they said, they say that about everything. Everything's a shit coin, everything. Like they said this about Bitcoin as well. Like it's just the, this, this noise that just kind of like just keeps on going. So what happens is, is you find yourself like constantly trying to defend whatever project you care about. It doesn't matter if it's Luna, it doesn't matter if it's Say Network, doesn't matter what it is. There's some level of like defensive posture a, a believer is going to have in whatever it is that we're talking about right so like for example like if you talk about um i don't know the the the, the kind of magical shit that's coming out in quantum computing right now and if you like take that to a hardcore bitcoiner a hardcore bitcoiner is going to like you know be defensive like oh we'll figure out how to like you know protect the network and this and that but like sure, yeah. there's, there's little concession that that this this is actually a risk factor right They'll point to Terra saying, oh, look, it went to zero. But like, you know, but if you look at the number of things in this, you know, journal Nature and Science, like as far as like where that computing systems are going, it's pretty impressive. And it's pretty fast. Right. So like so everything has risks. And like I think uh, the, the, we're, we're trying to sort of like navigate that risk, essentially. And uh, it's it's easy to get really caught up in something where like. It, it checks all the boxes for your criteria for what makes something amazing. Right. Like, yeah. and, and Tara did that in many ways. Like yeah. it really did. And, and it's, yeah. We're, so. we're at a strange time in history right now because it's like, we're trying to find redefine money. You know, it's like money is a store of value, but it's a medium of exchange in the current medium of exchange that the, the world, the most liquid, medium of exchange that the world accepts everywhere. You know, we all know that it's just like, they're just printing it by the trillion. So it's, it is devaluing. So I, I just think we're in this weird everything bubble. And I've said that before, you know, to some other other people. It's like the everything we're living in the everything bubble. And I think a lot of people just know that something's not right, you know? Yeah. If you, you guys should all definitely I, I mentioned this earlier today, you should all watch the um the the video of Ethan Buckman. I I, I tweeted about it a little while back, like where he covers this, like his his biophysics model for the creation of like uh, like energy dissipation systems and like in blockchain, it's a really, really interesting, like sort of like, um, sort of like, uh, maybe like a, a, a sort of a nerd talk from a certain point of view and talks about sort of like his ethos. Um, yeah, if someone could pull it up on my tweets and reshare it, if you're, if someone down there is playing, can look at this, that'd be great. But the, the, it, it's a really, really worthwhile video. It's on YouTube to cover and it, and it talks about these issues broadly from the idea of just like data and how we intend to use it not just like uh not just bitcoin only but just in general um like how we perceive and utilize data and how that data can be um like set us free or enslave us essentially and um these are really really like uh, i think serious concerns that some of us take for like for real right like we fuck around and joke around here but like some of us are really really sort of hardcore about this sort of thing at a level that um that that really goes back to like uh for many of us to the days of um sort of like multiplayer online gaming where we sort of like made certain discoveries about the world uh and how like interconnected people transact um and uh like one of the earliest lessons uh from gaming was this concept of mudflation 
uh, multi-user domain inflation. And um, you'll notice, like, if you ever played, like, a game like World of Warcraft or EverQuest or Ultima Online or something like that, uh, I'm, I'm sure some of you guys have played at least some of those at some point. Um, what you'll find is, like, all the 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 all the money uh, that you get, like, gold for, like, killing monsters and, like, selling things in the store, the gold is just manufactured, right? Like, in other words, there's no like fixed supply type of thing. The like, if I go and kill 6,000 monsters, I'll get like, you know, however much gold those monsters drop. So it's like a proof of work system, actually. Uh, a multiplayer online game basically like you, you translates killing monsters or trading for goods and services for like gold in the game, right? But the thing is, there's no like cap to the total amount of gold in the game. The inflation rate is almost entirely tied to. The number of players but what we found out every time like we try to design these games like whether i don't care which game it was like like everquest and world of warcraft and all these things like and i used to like um play these things and like talk to developers and stuff like our teams like we, we would like provide feedback like not beta testers but um like sort of elite gamers and we would provide feedback to these places and talk about like how like to make a value for the money uh like make the gold worth something and like you'd have these weird discrepancies, like uh, the gold being sold on eBay and like mine, like, you know, you'd have like Chinese children and Chinese prisoners and stuff like in, like in, in Asia. And they're like uh, uh, playing the video game EverQuest or RuneScape in order to mine, like, like get enough gold to sell on eBay. And then they're sort of like creating these like human traffic, like, I don't know, human labor farms of like video game players, just weird shit. Like, so like proof that was kind of like early, early proof of work in a sense in the digital age. And then of course, like, um, Bitcoin, Bitcoin came about a decade after that. Uh, but a lot of the lessons were learned from like this multi-user domain inflationary situation and, um, and, and like came up afterwards and like some, so a lot of those little interesting like things, um, like, so some of us really are like dreamers in the sense that like, we saw all this, we're like, okay, like this, this, this video game world created all sorts of weird, crazy ass shit. Like, like people were literally like employing children sort of to like, to, to play a video game like over and over again to kill monsters. I know people are like, oh yeah, we want to live in the metaverse and I want to do like play to earn and all this other bullshit. I got news for you. That's called work to earn. <laughs> like, like I've seen this play out like over 20 years ago. Like what what will happen if you have like games that earn money in real world is that you will have like literal children being put to work um, so doing this. So this is what like makes um, Bitcoin specifically special is like the, the mining devices replace like, I don't know, like, I don't know, children and uh, prisoners who would do this work otherwise, which is a weird sort of like way to think and about Brock it. Pierce. What's that, Jack? And Brock hey, Pierce. <laughs> Yeah. Brock, Brock Pierce made money games too. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like this is something that we made money on as gamers uh, back in those days. Like, um, like it's still happening. 90s. Yeah, it's I'm still sure happening it today, man. That's the biggest reason. Like Lords Mobile, the game that I brought up, that I, you know, I literally do. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on that fucking game. Yeah. But it's easy you would to have people. Visit it. Yeah, and uh, you. Would, You'd have, yeah, you'd have these people that, because you have to like go out and farm resources, you know, your food and all that shit. And then when you get under attack or you go and attack somebody in order to heal your troops or do any kind of upgrades, you know, you need fucking like a hundred 
million gold, a hundred million food and ore. I, I love, well, they I got, love talking to guys like yourself that have spent like 10k plus on these games. It's pretty oh amazing. no, dude, I, I'm way, dude, I'm way over that shit. I had, a, so I had heroes. You could have five heroes when you go and attack, and there's heroes that cost you 11k to max out. That's just the hero per hero, and then you have all the fucking gear that you can add up to that shit and the gear the main gear for it that costs you about another 22k um so i mean it's and then each battle like when we did huge battle royales like the baron and all that bullshit dude there was times where you'd go in there and it cost you 20k just to have that fucking battle for the day I mean, it's huge. It's a bunch of guilds coming all together and shit, and you're battling over this fucking it's, castle. It's, it shocks me. It shocks me how much uh, like money people uh, are willing to like spend. But like, uh, like so in 19, I think maybe 98 or 99. I can't remember the exact year. I decided I sort of had to rage quit EverQuest because otherwise, like, I, I was in like the middle of internal medicine residency. I was just too busy for that shit. That was, was another one. Up. I wasn't getting enough sleep, right? So I was just, I needed to do something. So I had to just rage quit this thing. At the time, eBay still um, allowed you to sell things. And there was this period where you, there was no marketplace at, at all because like eBay sort of shut down suddenly. But before eBay closed, I briefly had like the world record um, character sale for, I think it was like five grand or seven grand or some shit. I don't know why someone would buy this from me, but they did. And um, so I, I, I remember like getting, I, I was sort of hard up for cash anyway. So I was like, all right, I got some money for rent. I was in a little apartment and, um, and I bought myself like a stereo. And I think like it, that was when uh, Dolby, Digi Dolby um, 5.1 surround came out, like right around that time where you could get like a receiver at home with it. Right. Like just imagine like how much has changed since then. And, um, and I, and I bought this cool like Yamaha uh like you know high-end receiver and like speakers and shit and and like you know decked out my little apartment with it but like i think cnn online i think um sent like they found my ebay um whatever uh, title and they sent me a uh like request to do a little like interview thing and there was like a little like i guess article or something about me not not my real name but like just um as a like a whatever uh, you know, like anonymous sort of thing. And uh, they were just sort of talking about like how this whole industry sort of emerged of like selling accounts. And uh, yeah, at the time it was literally like the, I think the highest sale for one of these things for like selling a whole character account. I never did the like selling of gold thing. I thought it was just like not interesting to me. I just only sold it because I rage quit, but it felt kind of dirty. Cause like when you're, when you have a, when you're a hardcore gamer, right. It makes you feel like you're almost like a sellout when you do that, which is, Another yeah thing. there's there's a bunch of people because i had i had two accounts that were over a billion might which it's it costs a lot of fucking money or time you can free to play it you know but it takes you fucking three years to get to yeah like 100 million might or some shit yeah so yeah but then you had you had like areas where you could go in you could buy gems and then you'd go into like the labyrinth and uh, try to hit the fucking gem goblin and win like a jackpot of 8 million or 16 million fucking gems. But they but, had entire teams, bro, entire teams, and they calculated it out. Okay, if we each spend $1,000, um, the way the algorithm goes, whenever 
because you can go in and hit it 1x or 11x if you have the upgraded account if you bought shit over a hundred dollars worth which we all did um you could go in so each hit counted as 11 hits but it cost you a thousand gems instead of a hundred like vastly more efficient to do it right but they did it dude these guys cracked the code and they would have a team and they would go in there and hit these fucking huge jackpots and then they would come receptors firing yep (laughs) <laughs> and then they were like, they're like, hey, we'll sell you the gems at 20% discount. So if you go in the store, you know, we'll sell it at 20% discount, whatever the price is. And they wouldn't actually, they couldn't, you couldn't send the gems, but they could send over everything that you could buy with the gems. So speed ups and uh, resources yeah. and all that other bullshit. That shit's still going on, man. That fucking game, I ended up rage quitting <laughs> that shit too. I was like, oh, fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, eventually you fucking- have to like, you're like, And then you laugh at the people who want to like submerge themselves in some sort of metaverse where we know what this looks like. We know what that feels like. Right. We we know how that's monetized. And it's like it's not necessarily like this freedom in the metaverse kind of idea. It's like it's actually a it's like almost like the Matrix movie. It's like another style of uh, sort of like time slavery, which is really weird. But yeah, it doesn't 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 solve all your problems. Yeah, it's just like Ready Player One. Look at the rich bastards and then the poor bastards there. They're accumulating all the good shit and then selling them to the poor people. So, I mean, do you think Play to Earn still has like a lot of good potential? Or do you, I mean, obviously the big gaming companies are not pro, the big gaming companies are trying to stay separated from it. It seems like, like, I look at, I look at gaming this way. I think the most obvious places to earn money, I mean, uh, set up like, like have revenue is one is, create to earn so in other words the content creator is making something like a new level a new art piece a new experience um or like um like actual work to earn imagine if you go to like um a play or a movie right the actors are providing you experience and you're paying them for this experience so let's say in in a metaverse situation you have like literal paid actors like they run a bar or some sort of like fun little experience like they, coach they, Bruce. Yeah. Like yeah. Coach Bruce, something like that. Yeah, exactly. And, and so like the little bard of the, the, the bard of the bar or something like that, they, they, you throw like, like some kind of, of game master that is just, yeah. Or, or just around, imagine, right? imagine a place where like, let's say you have like, um, like a nightclub type environment of some kind in a metaverse style space, but then like, you have a, a comedian and you have some, maybe some musician or something, and that's how you access these things. So I can understand like, um, you know, if you're a content creator, you're an actor, you're providing a service. Like let's say, for example, you see a psychiatrist in a virtual space, whether it's a Zoom meeting or a metaverse space, right? It doesn't matter. You're still working to earn. Hey, this Sa- idea Sa- of sort Sa- of like, you know, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Jump in. Can I interrupt you? Sorry, yeah, go uh, I I gotta go. I've been. Uh, oh, sure, yeah. Sorry, I, I've, been, I've, been, I've been enjoying your variety show. It's it's great. Um, you're uh, you're one and only, of course, in this variety realms of crypt, uh, cryptoverse. So we need people like you uh, that connects to that between developers to the general public, right? Um, but you had said that you wanted to talk to me at one time, that because you like architects. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I remember that conversation. Yeah, we we should do something about yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's. Yeah, it's been a while. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, if you wanted to, uh, you might you might be a good uh, person for me to start 
uh, conversation with. Yeah, let's maybe DM uh, like, me like like a, like a one one on one, but in public. But it'll be just like a kind of like yeah. a quiet, quiet Charlie Rose kind of thing. Like one yeah, on yeah, one. absolutely. And of course, everybody could listen to it. But uh, it's up to you if you want to take no, no, the question. No, that's, question that's exactly. So yeah, that's, uh, that's DM me. I gotta I gotta, I gotta start running here. But uh, I, um, DM me, and I'll I'll, I'll DM you, and uh, we'll we'll just figure out a schedule. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Send them All your right, calendar, man. Zippy. That's the best way to do it. I don't. I don't have a calendar yet. No, no, no. I, I'm hoping I don't get that busy. No rush. I know you're busy, so just uh, we'll, we'll I'm figure it out. I'm calling C to send them. I just wanted to put a note out there. Let's see. Uh... No, it's okay. Well, yeah, we'll figure something out. Yes, he's yeah. he's got some uh, history with uh, architecture and has some like philosophical ideas about it. I, I enjoy talking about that as well. I've done some yeah. a little. I've done some buildings and different things, and it'd be a fun conversation. I kind of hear what you were tracking about, Sefi, about like metaverse style uh, create to earn. And I, the, the possibilities are unlimited. Unlimited. And yeah, you know, and we're oh, just uh, scratching the, the surface thing, with NFTs right now. Just scratching yeah, the, the other surface. Thing, the other thing I was going to mention is like there is the learn to earn so that you are like paid to do something specific. Um, they're like, so there are, there are all sorts of little kinds of like incentive systems you could do with, with money in a sense. But um, ultimately, like if you just simply have a game, that's a literal play to earn and that's all it is. Um, it's really hard to get ahead in those games after some of the, the top people in the game get really big. Like demon said, um, we've so, we had this problem repeatedly with uh, video game systems. In, in that regard, there is a video uh, or an interview that Delphi did with some guy who runs some games. And the guy was pretty much saying that um, play to earn doesn't work, right? Because whenever you're playing, whenever you take a game, you, you're not thinking about how I'm going to make money with this. I'm, and usually you're just trying to, you know, have fun or just... Uh, zone out of the world and, and that stuff so what he was talking about is like having a, a game for gamers like like separate the economy and the, the whole speculation thing from the game and then you have like two different games so we have the speculators that play this game of uh, speculating on the tokens and the uh, nfts and whatever and then you have the the gamers but that is like a, it's like a separate uh realm so you don't yeah, actually it, it, earn it'd be no from different. the game it'd be no different than like let's say like there's professional players right like the, like uh the placements right. like fifa or nfl or something like that and then you have people that gamble and bet on those people, which is a totally different group of people. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So that's that's the the idea of this guy and how play to earn will actually work. Uh, if you have like two different markets, because then you have like it's like two different games. Actually, you have the actual game that people play, and then the speculating market is another game, which is the, the game that we we play right in crypto. So we we're playing one kind of game with a set of rules, and whenever you try to mix these two uh, different games, it just doesn't work. Yeah, this. So yeah, there's certain things like that money can incentivize, and and how games can be constructed. And um, another part of games is that you have to keep them fun. And one of the biggest problems with the history of gaming uh, with multiplayer online games is like keeping them fun, uh, so that the newest player. A has access to a bunch of friends they can play with where all the other OG players are all on level, you know, expansion number nine or whatever. 
And then not only that, but you have to, once you sort of create these extra expansions, you by definition inflate away the value of the previous set of weapons and everything else. So, so inflation is really, really um, aggressive on multiplayer games. And the reason they do that is to sort of destroy the old, the old equipment, make it practically useless so that you go and play in the new content. Uh, because if you don't have everybody playing in the same content, there's not enough like people in all the different areas of the content, which is really weird. So you wind up having a tension problem and people don't think that's fun either. So yeah, like especially the people at Blizzard, Activision, they spent like a, a gargantuan amount of time. I think I mentioned yesterday, the guild master that I played with in EverQuest where we were the top guild in the game, he actually was the one that went on to run the um, the, the creative team uh, or the, what do you call it, the, the, the game design team over at Blizzard. Um, so, like, yeah, I, I kind of understood, like, we were all in that sort of shit together in a sense. Like, and uh, he actually asked me to go and, like, oh, you want to come and, uh, you know, do some shit over at Blizzard with us? And I was like, dude, I'm, I'm like, in residency to become a doctor. No, I'm not going to fucking go and, like, play video games with you. <laughs> so that didn't work out. But, yeah, it uh, in another life, perhaps, right? <laughs> well, and I love the way that a lot of these space games like Eve and Stellaris and how they have different aspects. See, in those kind of games, you can actually bring in um, good money for people because if you actually just des- design the game to where, you know, you're having space pirates, then you're having miners, and then you have actual to where your miners are... You know, they're buying actual ships with real fiat, and the better ship they have, the more shit they can mine, the faster they can mine it. Um, but you're still having to pay gas, so you're paying literally gas stations. Um, and you can go and mine certain materials, take them back to an actual blacksmith, a real person, not a bot, who's going to buy those uh, materials off of you so that he can forge weapons and other tools for other players in the games and then they have to buy those things from him um, to where you create an entire marketplace and you're taking essentially the bots that used to be in the games and you're replacing those bots with real world people um, that are actually doing the job and can actually make money off of it because then as long as that especially if it's built on a blockchain and it uses a certain coin then of course they can rack up coins by goods they're selling inside the game and then decide to go to the exchange and sell those coins but see you know, the, the or, other the, the other weird problem is is like it's gotten to a point where the google DeepMind computers like mu zero and stuff can just run circles um around these games so the problem is is that like the exact same things that make a game fun for human beings are like like the ruleless uh or or mu zero like style like uh ai type systems uh do a fantastic job playing those games like alpha star and things like that like and you know it, it ultimately the drive will be when you attach a financial incentive to the game that's really really high you increase the probability that people are going to just deploy machines to play the game and um so now then you have to like deploy like anti you know, uh, AI infrastructure and fucking CAPTCHAs and all this other nonsense. So like this whole metaverse thing, like, and to, to assign a bunch of monetary value to it, this thing is not as easy as it looks at all. There's a reason why like steam has not gotten full bore into like some kind of crypto gaming thing. This shit is not easy. Like people that think like, Oh yeah, I'm just going to like make the next big crypto game. I'll, 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 uh, I'll play it when I see it. And if it's really good, well, like, you know, <laughs> 
and that exact thing that you're talking about that's why i left lords mobile because they literally there was guys that had a hundred accounts and each account was a bot account and they were going out and literally farming all the minerals around the area and then if you tried to attack them the bot knew the second you went to attack them the bot knew it was getting attacked so it would recall those those farmers and they would go into their little shielded um castle and then as soon as a certain amount of time went back by they just went out and started farming all those minerals again and it 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 became fucking ridiculous yeah bug do you have a comment or anybody else just go right ahead uh throw in your yeah i mean we're on the blockchain gaming subject which is like gaming's kind of my the realm that do we're just, we're bit, just yeah. or any gaming really <laughs> yeah i was wondering have you guys seen or uh what dr disrespect is attempting to build uh, he's doing some sort of blockchain game. I guess it's part of the Polygon. It's pretty unclear how it's monetized and blockchain works into it at this point, but essentially developing like a first-person shooter extraction-type game, you know, something to appeal to the What's Twitch, it called? The esports crowd. Uh, the game's called Dead Drop. Dead, but the, yeah, Dead Drop. Dead Drop with like one D in the middle. Like the D on the end shared the drop. Um, but... But basically the development model they have is they're releasing like playable builds monthly and there was a bunch of people that like bought this initial NFT. And so all of these you know, thousands of people, I think, like will have a say in how this game is being developed. So they're constantly releasing these play like the game's not it's not a you can't competitively play with anyone at this stage. It's it's more of a, a tech demo, I guess, at this point, but they're consistently bringing out these playable builds and then they're just gonna take input from people sort of develop it alongside them. But I don't know. I think I thought it was interesting. It seems like Yeah, it's kind of like a blockchain art. game I think that is a that is a a game first. Um a lot of the blockchain games I've seen aren't really a video game first. It's a it's a financial economy. It's a DEX first or something like that. Yeah. It's it's like a if you think about it, it's like the way that they're trying to do is like an art commission model. It's almost like let's say you wanted you really, really like how somebody builds like Skyrim mods or something like that. You love like the work they do, then you could basically take that and say, Hey, I want to like, uh, as a crowd, we can invest in, it's like basically crowdsourced money going in to sort of build certain games and, um, create them the way that the audience wants them. The, the, one of the problems with that is that it turns out that a lot of times, like just judging by like my history of like playing in MMOs and stuff, the, the reality is the crowd has no fucking clue what a good game yeah, is. They can't that's, that's, that's the problem. problem. So it's not obvious that just because you get a bunch of people together and they throw money at a problem that you get a better game necessarily. It's like what makes a fun game is is there's a lot of like psychology and nuance to it and like the, just the math of putting it all together. And it's not as straightforward as just like, oh, look, let me give some dude a lot of money and maybe he'll come up with something good. Or maybe if we decide like, you know, how the maze is set up that it's somehow necessarily better. Um, sometimes also it's not as fun when you know what the actual like game is going to be. So like sometimes like the, it's nice when you get surprised by like an expansion or a new game. And if you have a whole lot of role in investing in it, it may take away a little bit of the fun of actually like um, playing in it, which is another weird problem. It almost sounds like you're describing star citizen. Yeah. Or star Atlas or whatever too. Similarly. Yeah. There's a lot of these things that look pretty interesting, pretty large games. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I hope they do really well. And I hope 
they make amazing games like that that that'd be great but i i these things are not anywhere near as like if you're speculating on buying some of the the coins or the different nfts for these things just realize these games are like making a great game is way harder than it looks like in terms of like a great triple a game or the ones you think of that um people really love a lot yeah, yeah I, I had no, no intention of uh, speculating on the price thing. I just thought it was an interesting project to watch because, like I said, it looks like they're building a video game first, and and the blockchain side is kind of taking a backseat, which I always see the other way around in the blockchain gaming space. Definitely, definitely true. I think a lot of the time when people are like, "Oh, we're making a Web three game with NFTs," it's like an Unreal Five tech demo with some three uh, D bulls or something. I mean, maybe that's a bit too pointed, but you know, or like little robots, like, look, your your character is in a 3D world. It's like, yeah, no kidding, Jesus Christ. You know, this is like Gary's Mod. Anyone play Gary's Mod? You know, maybe actually, no, that's even, that's way better. Gary's Mod was way better than any of these pieces of shit because I could go and, you know, anyway, <laughs> uh, gameplay comes first. Gameplay comes first. And then if you can in- integrate an economy into the game, great. And then if you can make NFTs work with that, great. I actually don't want to play a game uh, and, and which which has some kind of in-game economy and you're always thinking about money and like imagine if Red Dead Redemption 2 like a nice single player game where you can just go and shoot people for a minute um had like an in-game economy like shit I really want this rifle but it's like I can, I can either I can buy this rifle or I can go uh shopping this week <laughs> you know like um people are spending all this cash and it's like no I just want to have my little power trip and play a game where I just win Am I the only one who just wants to play a game and win uh, with a nice little story? I don't. I want this competitive economy crap. It's just too stressful. I escape my day job. I escape exactly. money. To Especially if inflation is hitting the shit out of this game, because then it goes, okay, yeah, you spend twenty bucks on this rifle. Now it's like twenty thousand dollars for a fucking rifle, guys. Really? I mean, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> it's always, I, I think or be balanced. Yeah. I think that's the success that Fortnite has, right? Because they only sell all these uh, items that are that don't actually affect the game, but it just makes you look like uh, like if you can customize the the way your character looks, which is kind of what we're doing with NFTs right now with our profile pictures. But then you take that to the games. I think that's one way that NFTs uh, can work with games when you don't actually affect the economy. I yeah, think yeah. There's, and it's like assets that have no relationship to the game at all. Yeah. But Fortnite's built like there's a lot of psychological research that goes in Fortnite and like their design styles and everything. Like, that's why they're actually if, if you actually look on how they they build stuff, their art styles, the colors, everything, it's quite interesting on the the design choices that they do on purpose to really get uh uh yeah yeah something to look into so there's hey, actually Eddie, real oh, quick uh addy just came by addy um what did you go say to the people over at world trade center to get uh like did you go to the <laughs> office today yeah um sorry are you able to hear me i'm in a, yeah, in a, a car Oh, you're in a car. It's it's a little bit noisy, but yeah. Did you make it Sorry. to World? You, so you're way, making your way home from World Trade Center now. Yeah, I obviously I had to put a lot of work in to like get this done. I'm actually going in a tunnel, so I might cut out for a second. But see. Oh yeah, she's going into a tunnel. But yeah, she went to World Trade Center to uh, make sure that Twitter freed um, the, uh, the our beloved uh, Bruce Asparagoid. 
nobody knows what an asparagoid is yet, but I think it's some family of asparagus, um, like some vegetable. But anyway, uh, he he was like ban- He was freed from uh, Twitter ban, a, a, a quote unquote permanent ban, and uh, she was able to do so by like going to the uh, office of uh, Twitter, taking some coffee to them, and um, apparently like hanging out with the staff there and like getting them to fix his account. <laughs> so <laughs> she happened Had to her live special glasses that. on. Yeah, with this, with her special glasses, of course. So anyway, she'll, I'm sure when she gets out of the tunnel, she can tell the story. Yeah, sorry. So, I'm like on my way back. Um, yeah, I just like put on a good perfume, brought some good coffee, and I used my very um, persuasive uh, negotiating skills. And there we go. He's back. Yeah, this, this is why it's good to have lots of friends, right? You guys getting a lesson out of this? You know how they say like, you know, in the crypto market's down, like blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, we, you had the friends along the way. This is an example of where the friends can help you. <laughs> so. and the, the people yesterday that were saying that Addy is one of uh, Bruce's porn star um, co-hosts to uh, bring more fans in, they're literally going to feed into this shit now even more. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what are you going to do? She's, she's, she's very pretty. She's got the porn star glasses. I mean, there's like... We have no, we have no control over that, right? She's just like, anyway. Uh, oh no, man! People, typically, where I come from, people who get out of jail typically snitched on somebody else. So, are you sure that's how he got out by her, or did he snitch on somebody else? Oh, you're saying you're saying like he went and like said something even more negative about someone somewhere else. Exactly. That's possible. That's possible, JK. She does have we'll one have of the ask. best Twitter handles, stupid e-girl123. Like, that's, that's top level right there, Addy. Congrats on getting that handle. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, I think Crypto uh, Saqib was hanging out for a bit. Did you have a question about anything we're talking about or in particular or just hanging out? I'm not sure. Or Nala, what's up, man? Not much, dude. How are you doing? Good, good. You've been good? Yeah, dude. Working, working, grinding, grinding. Project should launch in the next three or four months. Should be good. USK launch today. Life's good, my friend. Yeah, what are you what are you uh what are you launching in the next few months? What are you doing? Uh we're working on a project very similar to Rye. Um, so like a um the best way to say it is essentially just building another currency, like a backed currency. Okay, is is the best way to think of it. Backed by what? By Bitcoin or what? Um, anything in theory, but Cosmos based first, and uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, top top one, top fifty probably currencies in the longer term. Yeah, very nice, cool. Yeah, good luck with that. Where, where are you going to be launching this? Which chain? Cosmos. No, but are, are you, is it a brand new chain or is it like a, yeah. a, a project on? Well. Yes. Yes and no. Our currency will be interchain, but we'll be launching a L1, I think. That's oh, what I heard. Yeah, exciting times. Which which group are you with? Um, we haven't publicly launched yet, but okay. we're grinding so hard. We have. Yeah, I'm, I'm only leaking it to to LunkDAO, so you guys get the early info. Very nice. So yeah, you guys are like hearing all the like you know, fresh alpha from Nollar here. Be sure you follow him so that when whatever the hell he's doing comes out, you can get involved. Uh, Nollar's pretty sharp. Yeah, cool. 
Well, yeah, it's yeah. We're just sort of hanging out. Bruce got freed from uh, Twitter jail today, so we're have, we're waiting for him to show up and like throw a little like party or something. Oh, I don't know where he is. He's him. probably sleeping, huh? Are you, are you sure it's him, or is it uh, one of the many people sent by GCR to take down Monk? Oh, you're oh you're talking about you're sure. Wait, what's him? So what? Ha- do you know what happened? So he got his uh, account uh, perma banned. And fortunately, Addy was able to go and talk to the people at Twitter headquarters and uh, get him unbanned. Uh, yeah, uh, so that we, so this like this worked out today. I see. Hey, uh, Nala, is this the same project uh, Cosmonaut J was working on? Yes, that is it's the uh, same one. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Cool. Has he chatted with you already? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he pinged me. Uh, All right. A little while ago now. Yeah, things are progressing along. Um, it's good things. Um, I think, yeah, we'll probably reach out to you guys soon, very soon, actually. We're progressing sure. faster than I thought we would. Yeah, I know. Um, I, um, I sent him on. Sorry, this is turning into a, a business meeting now, but I, I sent him on to, uh, on to say as well to have a little chat. Um, yeah, cool. All right, nice. Now back to shit posting, boys. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Where were we? <laughs> So uh, Addy was going to explain how she seduced uh, the the CEO of Twitter in World Trade Center 2 uh, in his office today, but she's gone into a tunnel, so she might not be able to explain unless unless you're here, Addy. Are you? Can you? Can you? Uh, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I'm. <laughs> You've been arrested. <laughs> There's like, oh my god! Wait, sorry. Oh holy fuck! It's over. Shit! Did they hear? Did they? Oh god! Well, she used her. her no, she, she could put us to the test. She used her Trade Center uh, access card for car, uh, Tower Four, and she went to Tower Two. <laughs> she figured, why not? Like, just so probably they're like tracking her ass down. Hey, Seffy, I forget who it was yesterday, Sith or whatever his name was that was giving all that info to Addy yesterday. I just got a message. Oh, Robin, oh, Robin that's it. So I have a list of Binance employees' names, positions, locations, and contact info. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, dude, hundreds of their Yeah, there's these neat little, like, business applications that have all this data, apparently. So, anyway, are you guys still connected, or is (laughs) something happening? So, yeah, Chugs, we got uh, Bruce out of jail. Spiritoid's out. Wait, is it actually on the hand? Yeah, we got him unbanned. I'm so happy. That's, that was a good little Twitter campaign, that, I think. Uh, you know, Addy being part of marketing, I reckon she was the uh, spearheading the uh, hashtag behind it. Well, there was that and, you know, going to the actual trade center and, like, talking to the uh, staff at Twitter to get, get uh, him broken out, right? I can actually imagine someone doing that, like a really diehard cult member just going in going, I'm part of Lunkdown, you've arrested my leader. Please. Well, she, worked, she works only two buildings Wait. down. Why, Chuck, why what not? do you mean? I did do that. Wait. Why can I just be real? Can I ask, did you actually do that, Addy, or is this, like, part of the skit? Because if you actually did that, you've got the, probably the biggest balls in this room. Like, <laughs> and I'm just saying, if you actually did that, fucking hats off to you, Les. The question is, yeah. where, where where's coach now? Are they still debriefing him? I, I, I just hope he's the same coach. I hope I think, they haven't, like, done too much to him. I hope he's not planning a war against that man, if I'm honest. That guy is just an absolute prick still. Even Sefi's getting triggered by him. I saw your, your message. He's in a halfway house. He's in a halfway house right now. 
Oh, okay. So they're they're kind of keeping them under wraps for a little bit. Exactly, making sure he's got to be on his P's and Q's now. You know, I'm be watching him. Yeah, well, he even if he comes back, he probably has to like walk on eggshells or something. I, I the funny thing is, he's going to say something. His like he's going to have some tweet that's going to just be completely rocking the boat again, and then we're going to have to like send Addy to go and like beg at Twitter headquarters again. Because you know this is coming. It's just a given, right? Like it's like, uh, it, otherwise we it, it wouldn't be Bruce. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, they told me he's on thin ice, so like he needs to watch it. So no, no threatening to throw a woman out of a uh, out of a story window if she turns her belly button away from him. I mean, somebody else can do his bidding for him. You know, somebody else can always step up to the plate. Uh, I think Steffi, uh, as they, as I said yesterday, they're keen to hear it. He's, uh, he's willing to take the fall. <laughs> yeah, I'm oh, I have to take the fall for him. I have to give him my account. <laughs> he can change it. He can change the name, and like you know, next thing you know, not Coach Bruce. At least my uh, feed won't be full of Aston chilling. I gotta, I gotta say that if he, if he did get away yeah, with that one, that's true. That's probably true. <laughs> Uh, JK, brother, you got a lot of background noise. Yeah, I'm muted myself. Make sure so, you stop over there, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, my like, G- it's, it's Bob from the other day. I just changed my shit up. But uh, no, nah, my GPS. Everybody's got, like, uh, noise in the background today. <laughs> hey, Safi, do you remember back in some of those old Luna spaces that we'd actually have the, the former president come in, Barack Obama? Do you remember him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Barack was on. Um, uh, he has a like. It's funny because he's actually a fan of the, um, what's it called? The uh, Sheba. He's like a Sheba um, fan. Oh, he's Sheba. a big Sheba fan now. Yeah, yeah. We had him on. Uh, Barack was on. Like what? Addy was it like a couple weeks ago? Oh, I, I miss. Yeah, I think it was like last week. Maybe. I miss actually hearing from the former president. I mean, that's pretty amazing to be in a space with the former president. But it was it, pretty fun. Yeah. Hey, Django, uh, how are you doing? Hey, good. Thanks for having me. Good, good. Uh, now, did you get hooked up with the folks from like the Luna Classic crowd uh, to get on your show and stuff? I did. I'm speaking to Vegas. Oh, very nice. Yeah, we, he was on kind of yesterday a little bit with me. We were chatting about like what's going on and everything. Uh, but yeah, hopefully that works out well for you. Uh, yeah, if you guys don't uh, know, like uh, Django here, y- your show is called Interchain FM, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So like hop onto our YouTube and like follow. Like we've been trying to get people, uh, like a lot of the Luna Classic crowd kind of is brand new to crypto. Some of them are brand new to like Cosmos. And we're trying to just kind of get them like situated a little bit and find everybody a new home here and all of that. So, like, so she puts out really good uh, content and crypto Cito does. And like, uh, I tend to hang out here more cause it's more impromptu. I like to just kind of fuck around. Like <laughs> she, she likes to do the YouTube, like more formal things, which is awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, make sure you follow her and like uh, check out all her content and everything's very, very good. So yeah, good having you over here hanging out with us. Yeah, thanks, Effie. I appreciate your words and really good seeing everything that you're doing in the ecosystem, even though you have a full-time job elsewhere. 
Yeah, I just got off work. You know, I had like I dumped my car off to go get fixed because it's like all busted up and has problems. And then like just kind of hang out with everybody. Actually, one of our friends, you uh, like posted some you know tweet and got perma banned by the AI you know on Twitter. So fortunately, we were able to get him unbanned, which is good. But so we're having a, like a little celebration here. That's all. <laughs> Twitter does funny things. Oh yeah, so, you don't uh, know what they're doing in the back end. You don't know what their hey, algorithms. Hey, Chango. So, Dr. Kim, um, the head developer for Terra Rebels, he did um, confirm that he would be reaching out to you and would love to do the space with you as well with Vegas. He's just been a little busy, but he should be reaching out to you here today sometime or tomorrow. And if he doesn't reach you by tomorrow, just send me another message and I'll remind him. He's been real busy working on making sure that this 1.2% uh, tax burn goes live on the 21st. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, the opportunity that I brought to Sefi was, uh, I'm speaking to a Binance exec for my podcast in two weeks from now, like two Thursdays from now. And this came up and I thought that was interesting. It's quite a good opportunity for you guys to just like sit in front of her and, you know, if she's not already aware, then make her aware and see what her thoughts are. So yeah and vegas is actually so vegas is the man who has been in contact um with the people over there at binance um and has been in discussions with them so he's one of the perfect guys he might have already talked to this lady that you're talking about so he'll be a perfect gentleman to have there and then like i said edward kim um he's the guy writing the code for the 1.2 percent tax burn and knows everything about it so It'll be a nice little panel to have on your show. I'm excited about it. So I'll be there listening yeah. in. Totally. Yeah. It's like sometimes uh, like when people ask me to hop on to different things, I'm like, I, I, I like to be sure that I have the actual like requisite expertise before I go on. <laughs> like uh, I only want to do things if like, I feel like I can do it justice or whatever. And I can always like research some of those things and do it, but it's sometimes better to connect you like with the actual like legit people doing the coding or whatever so that they can give you the lowdown, which is nice. So like, I don't really have, like, I just, I, I enjoy trying to like, whatever, whatever we do, like, it's better to do a good job than like, you know, doing some kind of like bullshit, like clout chasing or whatever, which is why we sit around in these spaces fucking around all day. Um, most of the time, <laughs> like we, like, you know, we enjoy the, like the freedom here of just messing around, which is fun. And uh, actually like uh, we did a thing uh, with Jack uh, Zampelin um like uh when was it last, i guess last week and he and i were talking about doing kind of like a weekly maybe twitter spaces regarding like more the deeper sort of philosophical things about cosmos and kind of like the history of it and where it's going and all of that and then like um it'd be fun to do some stuff with like ethan and stuff about uh more like i i have more of like a medical background and biology background he's kind of a biophysicist and stuff i thought it'd be really really fun to kind of like you know chat about that influence uh regarding cosmos because he's done some talks on that sort of thing i think uh like one scientist to another that would be kind of a fun chat as well so i we're we're, we're thinking about doing things like that if they have time the, the guys are kind of busy so who knows <laughs> we'll see how it goes that'd actually be pretty fucking sweet bro I'd listen in that shit. I love science. So, but yeah, any other interesting like things coming down the pike on, on your end on your channel or anything else? Sorry. Are you talking to me? 
Yeah, yeah. Just checking to see if like any any other interesting news or stuff happening that you're about to do. Um, so we're talking to Comdex this Thursday, and the following one, as you know, is Binance, and then uh, and then after that, it's going to be Cosmoverse. So at Cosmoverse, I'm going to have a r- dedicated room to record interviews with people. So we're going to talk about interchain accounts, and we're going to talk about um, shared security and how that's being built. So those are the upcoming exciting things and i believe that we're going to be making some exciting announcements on the osmosis side um so yeah there's just like really interesting stuff that's coming up <laughs> where's cosmoverse going to be actually i haven't i hadn't it's, uh, like, it's going to be I, in Medi- Medi- medellin colombia oh that's right it's in colombia yeah yeah i have this like interesting problem where like be- between the type of work that i do in this and that like it doesn't make sense to be kind of a public face of a you know, like in crypto and stuff. Uh, I, I've been offered like, you know, all sorts of jobs and this and that. And I'm like, I don't know, like I would have to really ch- like think about like my career and things and what I do now, like seriously, in order to like switch to something crypto related. Um, and since I, my, my field is like critical care medicine, um, it's, it's not a like, it's not something you just step away from. It's not one of those, it's one of the things that you spend your whole life doing kind of things, right? So like this idea of like uh, going, not being anonymous, um, like I, I think it's uh, easier to be more like neutral um, and say what I feel like saying when it's anonymous. And so I, I, that's one of the problems I have, like with, I've, I've been, on, I've done on YouTube things before and it's like, well, you know, like it's not as interesting on YouTube when you hear, you see someone with like a blank, you know, like a cartoon figure and like some voice in the background. Um, so that it's, it's a lot more interesting on like podcasts and things when you have to stay anonymous. And um, it's not like my life will be in threat if like someone finds out who I am, but it's not exactly a smart thing in my particular line of work to sort of like uh, be particularly public. So I, that's just my, the kind of what I've chosen, but anyway, so um yeah, it definitely has its ups and downs. I mean, I choose to be pseudonymous for that reason, for for privacy purposes, and it's you know it's it's decently well, even though a lot of the people who need me to sign paperwork and stuff know my real name. <laughs> but yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, and but but for privacy reasons, um, it's it's nice to have that layer of abstraction, and you're also kind of free to say whatever you want online without people making any sort of character accusations or like naming any sorts of conflicts of interest if they know who you are. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I think pseudonymous would not work for me because like I've probably run into hundreds of thousands of people in real life. So the thing is like, it it would not take but a moment to know who I was. So that's the problem. So it's like, uh, it, it would just reach too far and it doesn't, I don't know. I've felt like it didn't make sense in my particular instance. Um, it's like, uh, I, I just don't like this idea of like, uh, like it would be different if I needed the, the, some sort of public thing in order to maybe like have a job in crypto or something or make money in it. But I don't really care about all that. I just, I'm more of like, a, I don't know, like <laughs> maybe like a, a kind of a believer in ideologue or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think, so there's a lot of things I think that we can do, like if you're in the audience or whatever you can do to help out that doesn't require necessarily for you to have a quote unquote job. Like a lot of the stuff that I do is kind of like semi-volunteer basis, almost like a hobby in a sense. 
So it is what it is. But like, uh, if you want to do this sort of thing for a job or whatever, yeah, you have to make that decision of like, does it really advance your, um, like, is it needed to be doxxed or not, depending on what you're doing? It's really important just because like with, with crypto, like I, I don't necessarily need my family in danger if there are certain things that happen or whatever. Like, uh, so it's, it's, uh, I, I work for like too many different things that, um, it, it would get weird anyway. <laughs> I try not to get into too deep into that discussion, but it's, yeah, that's, that's the reason I sort of didn't want to go on your show also just because of that, but anyway, <laughs> just start getting death threats. Oh, no, that's man. Really I get them. Vegas gets some Edward. I'm sure gets some, a lot of us from the TR just working on Lunk, man. Since the dips have been happening, oh, God, man. If you read some of my DMs, it's like, I'm going to kill your whole family. I'm going to rape your wife and your children from these people from all over the world. What's, it's crazy, and that's why I stay anonymous. That's some serious crazy right there. Like, oh, I it's love- crazy shit, dude. Cause I, I've been I've been kind of playing on Twitter for like maybe a couple of years and I haven't had anything near that. Like, what's like, what's it with you that <laughs> like attracts? Well, it's not. Psychos? It's not just me. I mean, Vegas gets them. Um, we've kind of in our meetings with each other. We've just brought them up to uh, one another. You know, asking, "Hey, man, are you getting these fucking DMs? These crazy DMs? Like, where they're threatening your life and your family?" He's like, "Hell yeah!" The problem is, is Vegas doxed himself. Um, I I didn't do it for many reasons, kind of the same reasons you did, you know, um, and you know, business and other shit that I I just can't do it. Um, but dude, it's just crazy. I think a lot of it, to be honest, it has to do with this Duquan stuff. Um, a lot of them, dude, every day they're like, hey, you're just a fucking Duquan henchman and trying to steal more money from fucking people. And yeah, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of weird, like, uh, yeah, there's definitely a lot of weird people out there. You definitely get to that when you, especially when you talk about people's money, like, and it goes up and, you know, when people's value is wrapped up in it, people can really kind of lash out. It's, it's, uh, th- this is the thing. It's like, and you don't really know if you, if you meet enough people, you don't really know, um, like who is necessarily truly a danger to you, which, you know, I like, that's one of those things I'm, I like to, you know, play around on Twitter, but like, I'm not interested in like creating some sort of target on my back or something like that, or on my family's back or something or something. And you were ex-military, right? You're, you're a sniper. Yeah. So, well, and I dealt with intelligence, you know, my main job was, you know, I was sitting on a mountain for two weeks, you know, I didn't really do a whole lot of fucking sniping. Um, that was like a really small percentage of that shit, um, which most snipers will tell you. Mine was scouting, you know, so I'm sitting on a mountain and I literally had to memorize everybody coming into that village, keep a record of where they're going, which buildings, people with weapons, which buildings they were going in and just keeping track of everything. So, you know, I'm really good at tracking people down and finding bullshit and researching and I know how easy that shit is once you kind yeah. of get a hang of it. So I'm That's like, no, like, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. In this world of like in the public square, it's like, it's actually fairly difficult to defend yourself. Um, if people actually want to do something to you, this is the problem. I like, so I don't know, even like you can imagine as a critical care physician, like, uh, even addressing the community related to COVID, right. Like getting an entire like series of cities together and kind of like sorting all that shit out. Like, you remember all that drama, right? Like, you know, and the moment something bad happens with something, 
it's your fault. So like, even that is like, you're sort of painting your a target on yourself if you are in like the public domain. Um, but you know, like, uh, you know, I kind of tread that sort of rationally and move forward, but like the crypto space being even more, it's even bigger. It's like global. And not only that, but like when people's money is tied to things, they can act really crazy. <laughs> that makes me nervous. Yeah. I mean, do, well, do you guys know who Tim Ferriss is? The guy from the four hour uh, weekday or week work or something like that. So that guy, he, he only did like a book and like that doesn't really hurt anybody. And the dude is getting death threats because he's famous, you know? So it, it drives the point what you were saying, Sifa and Demon, because uh, the more exposure you get, you don't know who whose eyes are are targeting you, right? You don't know who is watching you. You don't know who is taking screenshots of your shit that you're writing. Um, like it depends on your it depends on your personality too. Like some people like just can shut that off. Like people that are like uh, really like like really comfortable with the limelight, right? And then there's other people like that kind of stress is real stress. Like for example, if Demon gets one of these comments, he might be like, ah, whatever. But then there's other people that will read those things and like think about it the entire day. It'll make them really nervous, which, um, you know, and you don't know which one of those you are until you, you get a real onslaught of that kind of thing. So it's, it can be pretty brutal. Hey, yeah, you have to be in the action for that shit. So. And, and Seth, this is why we need our crypto military force that we were talking about the other day to like, you know, protect and enforce. Right? It's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, there's a DAP for uh, like, yeah, you, you can hire vigilantes and like bring the uh, stolen children back and everything. Yeah. Just... <laughs> hey, question. So, so is, there, is, there a real, is there a real chance that you guys are going to request Binance to burn? some lunk like is or is, is this just a thought they've already confirmed it that they're going to be looking into it and they in like three separate tweets because everyone went sick on them but well we so, do have their employee list now i have their contact information their location see that's that's where it feeds in that's some scary shit because i just got that i just got that message and i literally have hundreds of employees of binance i have their positions um, where they're located in the world, um, whoa, whoa, whoa. contact information. What is that? And that shit's, that shit's scary as fuck. I have a know? set of skills. Look, that I'm over monkey, a set you've of... told us a few things. You've told us a few things on this call. You've told us you are an ex-sniper. Uh, you're now saying you have the locations of all the Binance employees. I don't want them to take this the wrong way, okay? I think we should de-escalate. <laughs> yeah, I was bit. thinking the exact same um, thing. Can you imagine if CZ just said, I don't tolerate my employees being threatened, fuck your tax. And then it's just because the sniper's sitting there going, right. wow. Um, so Demon, in that instance, um, then he's not really if, a sniper, if, CZ, if CZ were to do that, then I suppose you would have to activate, would use the code word, uh, your activation phrase, and you would then be deployed as like a sleeper, sort of a Jason Bourne kind of character um into into uh, china uh, and you would take out the the uh, the targets uh, as as highlighted at the top of your list um but you can't <laughs> know the code word until the time of course yeah i gotta have my ultra activation you know yeah the ultra so uh yeah <laughs> what is yeah, it i have a set of um, skills that i acquired over the years what's that line from taking yeah one of i think what we know is that like uh the like on chain uh these kinds of mechanisms work fine but when exchanges have to implement them they have to like do special programming to make it work and that's where um 
like that's where it gets a little bit more complicated. And I think um, there are certain technical limitations that they might have or whatever. For market orders, for market orders, it's not that difficult. It's just for the futures trading and shit, the margins and stuff. That's where it gets like really fucking tricky. Um, They already already have fees. They they literally already have fees. All they need to do is increase the fees and make sure that, you know, they take note of what they're doing. It's it's not hard to take note of all the fees coming through and go, right, we're adding, well, 1.2% of this fee goes straight over to the, do you know know what I mean? It's, It's already there. I know Binance preach zero uh, percent fucking fees on everything because they want everyone to use BNB, but like you know, it's it's already something they've done for. Uh, I think don't don't Tron and uh, Ethereum have fees when you purchase. You have to pay like zero point zero 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 whatever. The goal is to burn one point two percent of Binance's Luna Classic. That's the goal. No, um, so actually, what Chugga just said. I mean, this motherfucker. I love this dude, man. I always think Conor McGregor is up in this bitch. Um, hey, whoa, 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 I ain't Irish. I can do an Irish accent if you want. You're right there, laddie. Don't no, it's just... Here, it's not I the Irish accent. It's just your energy, the energy that you um, bring in here. By the way, it's a lot like Connor's same, energy. As far as we're concerned, okay? We have no idea what the hell, like, section right. you're from. All right? Well, so it's Irish, his energy. You would get beaten the shit out of in Ireland if you said that, that they're the same as Brits. They don't They don't class themselves as Brits. I was walking through Ireland on a stag do. They heard my accent, like, where are you from? And I went, Liverpool? I was like, oh, that's good. I thought you were an English fucker. Like, what the fuck? Honest to God. You guys make fun of each other, like, big time up there. I don't even understand. But anyway. Um, Mob mentality is what it fucking is. But then again, they do blame us for the potato famine, like, what? However many years ago that was, so I think that's that's what it is, mate. If I'm honest, mm, there's a strong a strong history of sectarian violence that has gripped the island nations of the United Kingdom and Ireland for a long time. Uh, but no, back <laughs> to Binance. One second, back to what's the 1.2? Uh, yeah, so so what Chugga was actually saying is correct because see, Binance is just making some excuses. Now, they are the biggest exchange, so they have the most to lose out of everybody. But there's other exchanges already doing it. I mean, right now. I mean, Max has been doing on and off campaigns of doing the 1.2% tax off chain. Um, so it's doable. Other exchanges are already doing it. All Binance would have to do is call Max and say, hey, motherfuckers, how are you guys doing it? And they'll explain it to him. You know, Coinin has been doing it. Um, so it's just transactions we're not asking them to burn 1.2 percent of their holdings it's just we're wanting them to mirror the tax that's on chain to off chain and it's just a request i mean they're their own business you know um and i hate when the luna classic community and i tell this to them all the time you know stop trying to pressure these people into doing things um exactly all the time um now if they said they were going to do it then yeah fuck yeah go hold them to their word you know what i mean um and in some aspects they have stated that but they've also stated do it on chain first. Well, the on chain doesn't start till the 21st. So let's get that started and then we can go poke at them and be like, hey, motherfuckers, it's on chain. Although I would say, like, um, th- there's not necessarily, like, let's say the, the whole burn concept doesn't work. It doesn't mean the chain is not going to work. So it, do- it means that there, you won't have this, like, little deflationary mechanism necessarily, but, it, but like, plenty of things can do fine at a fixed supply, right? So um i don't think uh it should be construed as some sort of crisis either way in, in the grand what lunk 
what Lunkdow's doing is one of the big ones. See, a lot of people, they, they're putting all this faith into 1.2% tax burn. And, you know, I, I talk to Vegas all the time and I'm, I'm helping support it in a way because when people ask me about it, I tell them how it's going to be implemented and all that good stuff. Um, but, and I'm with the community, I'm behind the community because it's decentralized. But if you ask me personally about it, um, it's not something that I'm personally for. Um, I understand economics and business. Um, that's what my whole family's done all their life. So I know the, I know where Binance is coming from. Um, but I don't really give a shit because there's so many, like Sefi just said, there's so many other areas, you know, look at Lunk Dow, look at some of these validators. They're taking, they're putting up 5% commission, 6% commission. Um, if their node uh, is costing them, you know, 2% of that commission to run, then they're using the other 4% or 3% to buy back and, well, they wouldn't have to buy back, but just to burn the rest of the rewards that they're getting off of that commission. And that can do far greater um, in the long run than, um, than the 1.2% tax burn. Also, so a lot of utilities that are coming on, um, there's one I'm gonna be talking about on the 19th. They've asked me to keep it quiet, but it, it's in that gaming shit that we were talking earlier about, Sefi. These guys have been developing and building this for two years. Fucking amazing project. I've already seen demos of the game. No, it's not the stars. That one's pretty awesome too. Um, they're still on the ground floor with this one. This one right here that I'm talking about now is, They've been in development and built this. They've actually had demos and won competitions off of this game already. Um, I'm talking so with a, the head. It's a game tying like the what Luna Classic coin somehow to the gaming experience. Is that what it is? Or uh, yeah, it's going to be on chain, um, and I believe they're they're having an inside. I don't know quite the entire details. I have a meeting set up later on with the guy. He kind of just gave uh, Ed and I the, the rough draft, sent us some videos of gameplay, um, of the development, of the business, that the actual business name that's building it. Um, he's the CEO of it. Um, and his team, the entire team of the business, so he could be doxxed and we could vet him and do all that good shit. Sent us demos of the game. I mean, awesome fucking project, dude. This thing is it's pretty sweet. Um, and he's going to feed us in more details here shortly. Um, but so when when you have utilities like that and games like that coming on, there are other games that have already um, pretty much told us, hey, um, we can work with the 1.2% tax burn. That's no issue with uh, on our end with the coding and with our stuff. The only issue is, you know, if it does bring down volume, what are your plans? We told them our plans. They said that works awesome because we want to make a commitment already to you guys in the Luna Classic community that once our game's up and running, um, there's going to be 2.5%, 5% of our net income um, <clears throat> that they're making off of their net profits that are going to go back to buy back and burns. So, I mean, if it's a game, who knows how much these games can make, you know, the gaming industry is around the world is $300 billion a year. So if they can capitalize, you know, just on a little small percentage of that and, you know, make so right a hundred million a year, the ethos is to have like this, uh, like as many projects as possible on the, on the chain have this kind of like wild like burn theory like and everyone sort of like 
generally trying to get that supported by all the different uh, projects? Is that what's going on? Or no, so we're not even asking these projects for that. These so before we were just like a month and a half ago. I'll be one hundred percent honest with you guys. Um, we were we were pulling teeth, man, and biting our fucking fingernails because we were trying to reach out to projects and utilities. And in the last month, it is like we're just being blown the fuck up, man, from all of these old utilities that were on the blockchain already wanting to come back, um, see how they can implement the 1.2% tax burn. Um, and I mean, they're all coming to us now trying to get onto the blockchain and trying to work with Terra Rebels and Vegas and seeing what exactly they need to do to come back online, new projects. And they are coming forward and saying, hey, um, I know the community is really big about wanting to burn down this uh, this supply and we're willing um, sure. on top of everything else. We want to, you know, tell the community when we launch that we're going to take a certain percent of our actual profits and do buyback and burns, which essentially yeah. is going to help them also, especially if they're using it as a native token, because Met Galore is going to use Luna Classic as a as the native token. So they're. They yeah, that's, that's the key. Like if projects do this as a way to sort of like as a, some kind of value capture mechanism and they are using the actual primary coin of the chain as their treasury, that and, and that becomes a very like common thing as opposed to people like floating their own coins for their own projects on the chain. Um, I, I think if that ethos were to persist, it would work out. Um, there, there are some chains like, um, I remember on Terra, like Spectrum Protocol and a few others that actually did like take some of their revenue and destroyed some of their own supply as a way to value capture. Um, it'd be very similar to taking your revenue as a, a company like Apple and like doing stock buybacks and then taking that stock out of circulation essentially. Um, so yeah, as long as it's tied to some sort of revenue stream, it makes sense. If, if you tie it to nothing and just have like arbitrary burns. It's just stupid. Like it makes no sense at all. It's just like yeah, it's yeah. We've had two people with their hands up for like fifteen minutes. By the way. Oh yeah. Oh my bad. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> JK, go ahead. JK, do you have a comment? Talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only had it up for like three minutes. So, um, and forgive the background noise. I'm driving right now. But something I mentioned to uh, Demon in another spaces yesterday, which is you know very elementary in thought, but nonetheless, I think it makes sense. Um, on the whole Binance tip, like if they are, um. And this is all speculative, but if they are going to do an off-chain burn and have a way to implement everything, they would not announce it right now in the first place um, until on-chain is started and they're ready to make it um, go live. Just for the simple fact, as soon as Binance says that, you know, and again, it's speculative, that they're going to do off-chain, um, there's going to be a fuck ton of FOMO. And the whole point of the burns in general is to capitalize on that volume that's coming in. But if you make an announcement today and a fuck ton of FOMO comes in and you're not ready to turn it on, you're going to miss out on all of that volume that's just pouring in and out just from the FOMO alone of people buying in, you know, what they consider relatively low and people cashing out that been in from the bottom. Like, it's, a, it's fucking stupid. So it pisses me right. off when the community is like, CZ, start the burn, CZ, yeah, and, and your point makes a lot of sense because the whole portion of the off-chain, so what the what they're actually doing, so when you go on and buy a million lunk on 
any exchange, but let's take uh, CoinIn or MEX right now, for example, because they're actually doing the off-chain burns. So they're adding 1.2% as an extra fee, okay, essentially. And then the money that that makes goes into a special account, right? And then at the end of the week, whatever that total is, the accumulation of that 1.2% tax burn um, tax is, they take that, buy lunk with it, and then burn it. So if Binance came out right now, that FOMO would fucking skyrocket the price way up. So these buyback and burns would be burning a shit ton less um, coins, you know, so that I mean, to me, that makes sense. Now, it's all speculation again, like you said, if they are going to do that shit. So anyway, um, yeah, it's like, yeah, I I think some of us have just been kind of helping out, just getting the community a little bit of attention. And um, there's been kind of like between classic and and luna v2 there's been some like speculative noise going on on like wall street bets and some other places so yeah like capitalizing on that attention and like using that capital for useful things um is important because you know those those sort of like speculative pumps they sort of only last a certain period of time and people's attention starts to dissipate um and you have to kind of like you have to constantly create some new value there it can't be just um, like a one-time thing. So yeah, like, while like a fun little narrative like helps like a short-term pump, the longer-term thing is like, you know, what kind of exciting things are being brought to this chain? Who wants to build on it? What are they building? Are they making stuff that people want to play on? All of that. So uh, Bikram, do you have a question? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're good, man. Go ahead. Okay. So do you have ever of the situations there is few USTC and uh, LUNC stuck in osmosis okay and their price are very low actually 50% less than actual price and I just want to know what the hell was that and people are buying like crazy there yeah I, mean, I can tell you about that um, you, wanna, you might want to uh, mute because your mic is making a lot of noise for some reason um, yeah so what happened uh, when uh, Terra crashed and there was a liquidity pool of uh, uh, UST, which is now called USTC. Uh, it was on osmosis with pairings such as uh, the original Luna and a variety of other things. And what uh, and, and actually UST became one of the larger liquidity pools on osmosis for a period of time uh, and was very popular. And when this whole crash came about, um, like osmosis had to do a couple of things. They had to uh, shut down IBC, which means that like you you don't have the ability to transmit back and forth. Um, but also like the liquidity pools became very imbalanced, and UST's price is no longer USTC's price on osmosis was not properly pegged to what USTC is on the the classic chain or on like central exchanges like Binance and such. So um like what some of us did was we just went and bought some of the USTC really cheap like i think uh maybe 3 or 4 days ago i bought some for like one sixth of the price so w- compared to what it's worth on binance so it's kind of an arbitrage opportunity where if uh and this is a big if we don't know uh if the uh price of USTC maintains or even starts to rise as people speculate on reconnecting the pegging mechanism um that's one reason to maybe consider speculating on it, uh, which is 
what I did. Uh, and then the second thing is if the uh, IBC gets reconnected between osmosis and uh, Luna Classic, then you could take that, Luna, that USTC and you could take it off osmosis and go sell it somewhere, say, for example, on um, KuCoin or Binance or something like that. So that's kind of the idea behind it. Um, and it's like this, it's, again, it's purely speculative. It's, there's no guarantee that IBC will be reconnected. There's no guarantee that um, the, the price of USTC will maintain or whatever. So do this at your own risk or whatever. But like, it's an ARB opportunity. Um, at least four or five days ago, I think when Bruce and I talked about it um, in one of these spaces, it was, it was like one sixth the price. Bruce mentioned it. He's like, hey, you might want to check this out. Um, it's like, you know, like way cheaper than it is on Binance. So I took a little bit of my Atom yield and, and had some spare cash laying around. And I basically just got some just for the fun of it to see what happens. It's partly just I, I sometimes buy little bits of things just to sort of like play, but also just understand the mechanisms. And I also like it just to sort of keep track of what's going on. So when I have a little bit of skin in the game, um, I start learning about the mechanism a little bit better. And um, it's like an education process for me. So it's whatever I put in that is the cost of my education, put it that way. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know, Bikram, if that's going to be um, all of those things are going to come to pass or not. But I know Vegas, we talked to him a little bit about those things. And it's, there's several projects that need to be taken care of. And those are some of them. And I know Sunny and uh, of Osmo, you know, Sunny Argawal of Osmosis and um, Jacob uh, of Notional, they both were like kind of talking about it and considering like ways to reconnect things. But it also requires the cooperation of Terraform Labs because they have the, they still have the keys to the, um, like uh, the multisigs or whatever it is to control the Luna Classic chain. Uh, so there is some, some of that that needs to be taken care of. And that's the interesting thing, actually, the, the Luna classic chain technically is not the public chain. That's still actually largely TFL's chain. Um, that can be ultimately handed over to the community if they choose to do so, but that's a complicated process, which I think they're going to hand over to the validators or something like that. So there's some, I think, discussion about how that's to take place. And I don't know that anything is specifically finalized yet. Um, whereas the Terra, Terra 2 chain is actually a fully public chain without any um, TFL ownership of it, except whatever maybe airdrops Doe or somebody like that might have received. But there's no, like the, 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 the TFL pot for um, the original Terra chain was almost like 50% of all the coins outstanding were there. Were theirs? They were not in circulation. But they were like they had a lot of team allocation. It was actually one of the most centralized blockchains or layer ones in uh, all of crypto. Actually, it wasn't that was actually a negative in many people's view, uh, eyes. Um, but like the new Terra two chain is actually um, like basically fully computer. I'm sorry. Uh, cons uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, it's it's fully uh, community um, owned, so to speak, and the validators decentralized a little bit more i don't know about decentralized like like i'd have to look and see exactly yeah, how not fully but but yeah it's it's not it's not tfl owned anymore so actually terra 2 technically is more of a community chain still um and i think tfl if uh they probably have every intention of like looking at how to hand over the terra classic chain probably to um, the community, but it, that's, that's a big process, like between figuring out what, how to distribute that with validators and with 
I don't know how that works exactly. Like, I have no idea. Um, we'd have to chat with like uh, SJ or Doe or somebody about it and figure it out. But anyway, um, yeah, their their intent is to, I think, do good for the community. Like they, um, you know, they they have been helping. I think they they helped a bit with the the Terror Rebels. I think right in terms of oh, like, yeah. getting your getting your contracts uh, working and uh, some of these projects you guys are doing. Yeah, they helped out. I mean, so. It, there was a bit of time where they weren't fucking answering at all. Um, they kept getting calls and emails, so to say, and they weren't answering. But then when it came down, nut the butt, to get the shit actually implemented, they came out, you know, uh, merged the poll requests and got shit done. And then there was a there was two instances where there was a little bit of faulty code and re- about three hours before a staking delegation was supposed to go live, um, there was there was kind of a boo-boo um, and ter- TR was trying to get it fucking fixed and they weren't sure they were going to be able to get it fixed in time and TFL just boom, 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 got it done and it was finished. And I mean, they finished it in like fucking 15 minutes. Um, no, the TFL people are really smart. Like, like I think people underestimate um, their capability. I know everyone wants to like, you know, turn them into like the, the, the pinata or whatever for everything bad in the universe. But actually they're they're uh, They were always very, very credible builders. And um, you like, what happened to Terra was more of a financial sort of structural flaw not a coding or technical flaw. And that's something that's really important for people to understand. Like, like Cosmos functioned perfectly. The chains actually functioned as intended. Like this, that was more of a mathematical mistake in terms of uh, making assumptions about how to properly peg a stable coin and what kind of issues might happen off chain that could um, cause trouble in terms of like a bank run, and et cetera. But uh, te- the technical stuff was always pristine, almost always. Like, in fact, uh, TFL actually um, found issues with things like in band protocol. They made corrections on, I think they've contributed to Cosmos. Um, yeah, so there, there's, there, there've been a, like, they're, they're like a real team of builders. They're not just monkeying around or whatever. So uh, you know, whatever you might have heard, I think on the whole, like I don't, I don't know all of them personally, but like on the whole, uh, they have been pretty credible builders, and and I'm sure they've been like super, super busy too, in the sense that like if they didn't respond to you, only God knows why that might be the case. Um, just with all the everything that's gone down, I'm sure, uh, like they have their personal issues because because you can imagine a lot of people at TFL probably had a lot of their wealth tied in Luna over the prior years or whatever, you know, developing. And uh, so I'm sure uh, uh, some fraction of them got wrecked at some level or the other. And, um, and I don't even know what portion of TFL's development team uh, like still exists in its original format or how many people moved on or what happened there. But you know how these things go, like really, really high stress situations lead to people leaving companies and all that. So um I haven't spoken to Doe in a long time, so I'm not sure. Uh, he's been kind of like incognito a bit, especially on Twitter and stuff. But like, it'd be interesting to like hear the state of uh, TFL. Maybe I'll like message SJ or somebody and find out. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Chugs, go ahead. It's just a quick one. Say everything works out. Say we, you know, Luna reaches a dollar or zero point five dollars. Uh, yeah, it says everything just works. We got utility back. The ecosystem's flourishing. How are projects going to be funded? 
because obviously are we, we going to be doing like what we're doing with the 1.5 percent tax or one is it 1.4 5.5 i always fucking forget the uh tax and then obviously drop it down to like 0.2 or something like that and then have that all sent to like a community pool for the investors to be passed over or like where, where would where would the tokens come from for these new big projects to obviously flourish on the system and that was more for demon to uh because it's just it's got to be something that someone's thinking about like because you know if, if if it does go well you, you need to have a plan for the future to obviously put on a voting list that we tend to do on the uh, delegation but that, that yeah just yeah but you have to understand like most blockchains where do they get their funding from that don't have stable coins or anything how are they becoming rich you know billion dollar blockchains um, and it's from the utilities and the text fees and everything else that goes the gas fees that kind of goes back to the actual chain itself and that's like how the you know the community pool and all that shit's getting funded now the oracle pool the reason that thing was getting funded really great was because of uh ustc uh and lunk um peg you know so the swap mechanism in there um the fees from that um, were funding that pool. And that's why now it has so many lunk in there. Um, it's so rich is because during the DPEG, so many people were fucking swapping in and out, you know, um, like Sefi, he kind of, he got ahead of the game and was able to move some shit around. Um, I wasn't that lucky. I, fuck, I, I wasn't even aware of it at first. And then I saw it and then I was like, oh, fuck it. I'll just buy in some more. And I put in some buy orders really low and I got really fucking lucky, um, that they hit, but there are other things um planned one of them is getting you know that ustc shit repegged and figuring that stuff out um because that's a big money maker i mean you look at uh lfg billions did they they had billions of dollars where do you think that comes from I well mean, that, that came those from the billions blockchain. those billions are a little bit different though because that was um a mixture of tfl funds their own coins and that was a mixture of the community pool, which was pretty sizable at that time in dollar value because of the price of Luna. So, um, yeah, that was a little bit different. But like, I think. Right. But they were buying back and collateralizing. See, that was the big thing that they pegged. It was the collateral. There wasn't any. They didn't have any more. They didn't have enough funds um, to protect yeah, the peg that anymore. Whole, the whole LFG thing was a little bit too um, like it, it wasn't big enough yet. So even if that was going to be a thing, it was just like little too little, uh, too late or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think if you want to make uh, the Luna Classic chain do well, like one thing to keep in mind is like in about one and a half years, I believe the community pool will be, be depleted, which is now currently, I believe, what is paying the validators. Correct me if I'm wrong. But ultimately, it's the Oracle it's, pool. Yeah, Oracle the community pool. Yeah, that shit's going to, I think they voted on to have that shit burned away. So, but it's not getting funded very much. I think that it was like 14 million long in two months. You know, that's how small those text fees and yeah, all that shit. It, and it, yeah, like it depends. Uh, if you need to use like uh, some sort of, well, if you eventually have to have the coin become somewhat inflationary again in order to cover the cost of validators then that might be a thing or maybe um, maybe the tax gets adjusted to where not all of it's burned and maybe some of it goes to validators. I don't know what the answer is. Uh, I think it depends on like how much volume is happening at the time and like where everything sort of is. And I think um, 
it like it's gonna it, there's gonna be a lot of things that um like within about a year you'll be able to like reassess the whole thing and make some decisions about it but it's like uh, the t- basically chain tokenomics uh which is what you guys are getting into is a pretty complicated problem um and it's especially complicated like given the circumstances of the Luna Classic chain. So it's not an easy um, sort of mathematics problem. And there's a lot of moving parts. And it really depends on how sort of popular um, the community is able to make the chain for whatever reason, whatever reasons. And um, it just, it's hard to tell. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part one of a two-part CeFi space chatting about Luna, Lunk, Juno, Adam, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Recorded on Monday, September 12th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Laser beam focused, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was Walking all erect with a dead man's swagger Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men Listen to the fatal man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble-bubillion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble-bubillion Little den envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds you gotta find cover wipe off the bird poop right off the work while you try on the worst juice blinded by perps who try to reverse truth slide like fox news just trying to lie to you eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants i can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis mock up a basement could call me resilient waiting for the internet to make me a billion Vision in the middle men listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next billion talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian lost in the maze trying to make the next billion Terror spaces